0: and we are live what's up guys you are here on the balance mill podcast series and tonight is an episode uh we were in a cult and uh <laughs> have an ex member of the ICOC uh Myron and we're just going to as we have been doing these past episodes just kind of talking about our life in the church and out of the church yeah. and Trying to just figure, you know, we were in a cult. Were we a cult? Were we not were a we? cult? <laughs> yeah, no. Were so. we? Were we not? <laughs> so Myron, it's good to have you on, man.
1: Glad to glad to be here, man. Good to reconnect with you. Um you know, been, t- been listening to the been listening to the episodes, and this has been been good going down. I mean, as good as it can be, <laughs> yeah. Going down memory lane there and hearing all the overlapping stories and all of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out when I knew you, and it was campus, the campus ministry. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay,
1: campus that in Atlanta. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, in Atlanta. Oh man, so let's get into it, man. So, how did you get introduced to the church?
1: So this was freshman year. Um, so I, for all intents and purposes, from Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know how that is, you know, you, we to anybody outside of Georgia, we say Atlanta, but yep. you're talking to somebody else. Within Atlanta, then you'll kind of be well, not quite Atlanta. I was like I was, you know, bounced back and forth between like Henry County, Latonia, Clayton County, all that kind of stuff, and then of course yeah. after the fact, Smyrna, Marietta, Sandy Springs, Stone Mountain, all of that. But you know, nobody outside of Atlanta says that. Nope. Anyway, we're all from um, right. So Atlanta um, graduated in two thousand and uh, from high school, so went to Florida A and M University. Um, oh, wow yeah so down in down in Tallahassee I actually got I actually got it set to Florida State and my parents pushed the um the whole black college experience thing on me so I, I gave into that um I mean I I see it as a good thing now in mm-hmm. hindsight I mean back then all it took was for one uh one brother to to invite us over to, uh, to Florida State for an event and I was like this is what I turned down yep <laughs> and it, and isn't it's, it's is it's funny if you walk from FAMU to Florida State you cross a railroad track no way right and i had only heard that phrase and sure enough <laughs> as soon as right after we crossed cross that railroad track things, oh, started, getting, things started getting things started get more upscale and upscale i get to a brother's dorm and i'm like hold on you got stairs within your dorm room
0: that's jacked what? up
1: <laughs> that so is yeah, jacked up it yeah, very jacked <laughs> up so yeah um i got met uh about halfway through my um, my first semester there now I'd only been to church once. I went to church with, um, a friend that my roommate knew uh-huh. uh, that first weekend, um, went to church, had a good time there. Um, you know, what I, what I was used to typical black Baptist church kind of environment, you know, the, the happy, clappy sweating cause the AC broke, that kind of stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so didn't, hadn't been to church since I get, I actually think I got met twice First time I got met, I was um my uncle had picked me up. My uncle's a professor at Florida State. He came to pick me up, took me to Walmart, um, got me some groceries and all that kind of stuff. So I'm walking with my bags to the side door of the dorm. There's a guy standing out there, kind of positioned in a way. You, you know, if, if you've been in oh, ICO, yeah, if you've been in that this organization, you you know how, how this is. He's positioned in a way that where I can't. Get to my door without <laughs> passing him, where he has an <laughs> opportunity to talk to me. And wow, he invites me to the church. But he's a, uh, and this is no shade at him. Pretty cool guy, mm-hmm. but English was not his first language, and he kind of, and, and he had a little bit of a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. English wasn't his first language because he was a um, Haitian. The, the vast majority of the campus ministry in in in, um, in Tallahassee at the time was either from Miami, Haitian, or both. <laughs> like a whole, <laughs> a whole, a large percentage of that. Um, well, then, let's so... see. That's
0: hold on. That's funny because I just you're you're I did not know you're from Tallahassee, and that's where I mean my dad graduated from Florida State,
1: and that's yeah, where I I heard that in one of your uh, one of your other episodes. I was like, hold up. So he's got yeah. he's got some Tallahassee overlap too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he uh him and my mom met um down. She was going to she was actually going to the clown school that is mm. in Tallahassee. Wow. I think that's what she said because she went. She yeah, there's it's Tallahassee. It was a clown school, and then my dad was at Florida State getting his master's in music education. And then he was met back in the seventies from someone from the church. And then they got involved in the church from there.
1: Mm, gotcha. So like gotcha. but like way back. Yeah. yeah. Way back. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah, we uh so didn't come out that day. Um mm-hmm. sometime later. Not not too far, cause I mean there's not too much time between because I got baptized. Uh, it was, you know, they they beat into your brain. Yep. No, you know, knowing what your, you know, your your spiritual birthday is. So that was October 8th of 2000 that I got baptized. So so not too much time could have passed between when he that first invite and then the second one. Second one, I'm on my way to class after lunch and a brother and sister are, are out sharing their faith. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they're both Haitian too. And they're both from, from Miami um they uh they invited me out um the sister got my number and she said hey just be in your room at this time on sunday and i'll give you a call and so sunday comes <laughs> right right <laughs> sunday rolls around <laughs> and my again i had given no thought to church between then and now grew mm-hmm. you know grew up churched Grew up Black Baptist Church, got plenty of uncles and aunts and stuff that are preachers, deacons, motherboard members, all that kind of stuff. Like going to church. But for some reason, you know, you you get out on your own. You're in college. You don't think about church unless you're like one of them super spiritual like Ned Flanders kids. You're not thinking about church. Right. But for some reason, for some odd reason, that morning I was like, you know what? let me see if I can go to church with my boy Maurice because he, he he was, he was a friend that I went to, went to church with before semester started. I just had this weird feeling like maybe I need to go to church with him and beat this call as I'm having that thought ring, 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 ring. Damn. Oh man. Okay. So went to church that day, church van comes to pick us up. And I realized in hindsight, that wasn't standard issue. So Had a church van come to pick us up. It It would always go around to all the all the the campuses to pick up any visitors or any anybody who was staying on campus. Yeah, we had and we had a brick and mortar church. Wow, nine hundred one Thomasville Road. I I I looked it up recently. it's not the building. Excuse me, the building is still there, but it's not a it's not I C O C anymore. Now was Uh, it
0: was the church Florida A and M and Florida State combined?
1: Everybody. That's another thing with the um, different experience that I started out with. Everybody was in this church. It was campus. It was teens. Mm-hmm. It was singles. It was super singles. You know, the, the older singles, the oh, yeah. the Marys, um, everybody. So everybody met together. Um, like our campus in Atlanta was bigger than that church combined. Wow. Yeah. So just campus was about the size or bigger mm. than what I had down there. So I went to church for the first time mm-hmm. and so again, you know, grow up Black Baptist. So I'm not, you know, I'm not in a mixed environment growing up. And I'm like, okay, this is this is cool. We got some of everybody in here. It was cold as hell in there, which that was actually breath of fresh air. Cause again, I'm used to the yeah. AC not working. And I'm like, I'm I'm cold, but I'm comfortable though. Cause I, yeah. I I can't stand being hot for no reason. So I was like, I think I actually caught a cold that day, but I I, I was I took the good, <laughs> I took the good with the bad. Um that was cool. Music was cool, and you know, mixed group singing music was cool, and I was like, "This is kind of, you know, like if, you know, whatever culture you grow up in, you only see the other cultures on TV." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you grow up black, you think every, you think a white church is gonna be, uh, yeah, and boring and all of that. Wasn't boring. I was like, okay, this is kind of crunk. <laughs> I, I can I can dig this. One thing that was a turnoff for me though was. So we got pews, but for those of y'all who don't know that term, like you know the the wooden bench seats yep. in a church, right? Mm-hmm. When it was time to start service, people are climbing over the pews to get to their seats. Really, climbing, <laughs> grown ass people mm-hmm. climbing over the pen. I'm like, I couldn't bring my mama to this. Just watch, they, they, they she would have. Took me, cuz we we grew up being taught to have some kind of reverence for the yeah. the sanctuary with you know the, the main area um so i don't remember anything from from the sermon um everything was cool you know no, no red flags so far at the end uh, the brother who um of the i mean they weren't dating but the brother of the couple that met me uh he was like hey let me introduce you to the evangelist i'm like okay cool i go to meet him we're talking and he says, so what's your back? What's your religious background? I say Baptist. He says, you might want to study that out because, you know, some of the, um, some of the things that Baptists do aren't, aren't quite right on the outside. I'm like, okay, cool. On the inside, I'm like, how the hell are you going to tell me what I've been doing my whole know. life is wrong. And I couldn't, I had to, I had to catch myself on the inside. Cause I was like, as much as I like church, as much as I like the Bible, I know I don't know the Bible as much as I should. I know I don't read it as much as I should. So I can't really refute him right now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I mean, and I wasn't even that kind of conf- confrontational back then. Anyway, I was, my spine was still developing back then. Yeah, like, one, one, one could call me, if you would have called me a pushover back then, I probably wouldn't have argued because I really was. Um, So on the way back home, um, so I get dropped off. I get asked to study the Bible by the guy who was uh, driving the bus. And, hey, you know, anybody who's been in, even if you haven't been in in this organization, you hear, hey, do you want to study the Bible? You don't think it's about to be a two-on-one or, or more-on-one session just for you. You think it's about to be just a regular, hey, group of people that love God getting together to break down a scripture or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. So he says again, "Hey, um, let me get your number. Just be in your room at X time, and I'll call you." Again, Man, that sounds stupid. that sounds weird. But in hindsight, what I realized was, and I'm I'm not trying to give them too much credit, but what I'm real, what I realized in hindsight, so this is late 2000, cell phones are a thing, but they're not standard issue yet. Yeah, and I don't have one. So mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is they're like, okay, since we have your number, this is your dorm room number. Just be in your room at this time so that way we know we can get in contact with you. That's what I'm thinking was the case. Yeah. Again, I could be giving them too much credit. I don't know. So that time rolls around and this time also coincides with lunchtime. Well, not lunchtime, dinner time. And if you're, any of y'all know, and if any of y'all been in, you know, dorm life, you know, if you're on that meal plan, if you, you miss that there. meal, you miss mm-hmm. that meal. You can't make yeah. it up later so i was like uh it's dinner time i'm hungry you know i'm gonna just leave a note on my door and say hey y'all uh we're gonna have to reschedule blah 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 like i know i'm i actually didn't even have any intention on going to the bible study when i said yes you know like i said you know introvert who's also kind of you know non-confrontational i don't like saying no so yeah so that's how that happened i I stood him up but i didn't realize I'm thinking I'm standing up the group. I don't know that I'm standing up somebody having a study for me. So that's wow. you alls fault. That's you alls yeah. fault, not mine. <laughs> so some time passes. <clears throat> so that same guy who asked me to study the Bible, I'm walking through the parking lot to go to, because uh, they were, I was going back. So every year back when the Georgia Dome, you know, the Georgia Dome was still exist back then. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't Mercedes-Benz Stadium now. Um, Every year, FAMU would have a game against—I forget what school it was—but they would have a game in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. So, me and my roommates were gonna go. I'm like, okay, I get to go home and watch FAMU play football, watch the band, all that. So, they were selling the tickets in the gym. So, I'm walking through the parking lot to get to the gym. Then I hear, "Myra, what? Who, who is calling me?" The dude who was um, uh, driving the church van was in his car, and I just happened to be walking by, and he says, "Hey, man, so so we're gonna get together, to study the Bible." And I give him some wishy washy ass answer like, uh um, just you know, just let me know you're ready, man. I'm I'm good. Just let me know you're ready. And I'm pretty sure he was like, Man, this this joker ain't open. <laughs> that was a. <laughs> it's so funny the word joker, like how some of us use the word joker It was really like a replacement word for another word we don't want to say. I know. Um, but yeah, he was like, I'm I'm just assuming he probably was like, Man, this joker ain't open, whatever. He done stood me up, he done gave me the cold shoulder. So another week or so passes. My roommate is dodging outside. this guy. He's right, persistent. Right. In hindsight, this this guy, so I, I find out he actually was previously the FAMU um ministry leader. Um he had, had to step down at some point. Uh but he was still a Bible talk leader still, you know. He he still would like sing in church or whatever. Uh and fast forward about a year and a half from here, he actually gets this fellowship, but I don't know. He they say it's for um what was it causing dissension or, or um or um what's the word another word close to that. But in it's hindsight, in I'm like he probably was speaking the truth and wouldn't shut up about it. Mm. Causing divisions, causing dissension, that kind of stuff. Dissension or factions. Right, right. Something like so that. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll die on the hill and say that he probably was speaking out against, you know, the the wrongs and wasn't yeah, shutting up uh-huh. about it you know they're not gonna say that anyway um so i get met again my roommate's out of town this is a friday night i'm on on the computer and so the social media of its day black planet Mm -hmm. so this was like myspace before myspace was a thing this was social media before social media was the term for it i'm in some chat room chatting up some girl or whatever and all of a sudden i get a knock on the door and i go and there's a guy who I'm like, I recognize you. Where do I know you from? I had met him at church before. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy would go on to become my my second discipler, because my first discipler, he didn't come back to school for uh, for second semester. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't come back to FAMU. He still stayed in school, but he didn't come back to FAMU. So he hits me with the, it, and, I, and I I don't tell him to go away, because I'm feeling kind of guilty, because this guy him put out a Bible and I'm over here, you know, talking mess with some girl on a on a chat room. So I was like, <laughs> I felt a little <laughs> a little spiritual pressure there. Yeah. So he hits me with the disciple versus Christian trap. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, hey, are you are you a disciple? I'm like, mm, Nah. What do you think disciple is? Oh, probably like a really hardcore Christian. I, I'm, I don't I don't remember. where. Exactly so he's said, he's at your door.
0: You stop and he has his Bible out already.
1: No, I think he, I think he pulled it out at some point, but wow, okay, yeah. so y'all just
0: hanging out and he pulls out the Bible or something,
1: yeah, wow. So then of course he said he asked me what a Christian is, and I was like somebody who believes in God. Mm-hmm. So he shows me the, you know, the scripture, and I think I think it's in Acts where it says, you know, that basically saying a, a disciple and a Christian is the same thing. Yeah, He's like, so I just showed you that a disciple and a Christian is the same thing. That you just said that you're not a disciple, but you know you're a Christian. So which one is it? And I was like,
0: uh. jeez, and knowing
1: my procrast my procrastinative. I just made up a word, my procrastinative uh nature. I know that I'm like if I don't get it right now I'm probably not going to ever get it right. So I was like, all right, cool, let's get on board with this. So fast forward, I get I come out to church the next day and I get baptized a week later.
0: Wow. And so right. you went through all the studies in a week?
1: Yeah, all the studies in a week. Now, wow. So part of that. So I don't know that that's not normal. Really? But right. Now, the other thing is, <laughs> sorry. I'm hearing it, it, it'll, it Excuse me. It makes all this sense in hindsight. There was a, the church had a goal of baptizing 21 people in the month uh, of October. Uh, I was number two of the 21. Oh, so they were trying to churn them out? Yeah, yeah. And I think the day I got baptized was the first day that their new evangelist was there. Because I think the day that the first, um that same day, no, no, no. So no, no, the day that I came back out to the church after uh-huh. that encounter in my dorm, their current evangelist, the guy who was like, yeah, Baptist ain't doing right. He was leaving and there was like, you know, weeping and shedding of tears and all of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sad. The day I get baptized is the day the new evangelist came through, man. So I'm wondering now, as I think about it, I'm wondering if this new goal, this goal of baptizing 21 people was part of a way to like get the the new ministry jump-started or whatever. I'm, I'm speculating, but I'm just like, that might not yeah.
0: be it. It probably, you know, you had the shiny new evangelist and they wanted to have right, the shiny right. new. I, I do want to pause for a second because we did, we mentioned a couple things. So the first thing was how the evangelist was like, yeah, the Baptist got it wrong. And that yeah, was such a big yeah. deal with us where it's like Man. everybody was wrong. Everybody right? else was wrong. We got it and right. We had no, we had no problem Saying that anyone else was wrong.
1: Yeah, we just got started in the 70s, but we got everything right. Yeah, yeah. We're the true Christians. We were so how did that get how did that get past me, though? Like in 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 hindsight, I'm like,
0: I mean, you just I mean, that's it. That's something to, you know, not many people say that kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But then,
0: so then it was the whole like you get the disciple versus Christian, and that was always the Mm -hmm. big thing because the disciple was like that's the big deal you know right the disciple is like the follower much like what did they used to use it was like it, sometimes it'd be like when jean-claude van damme and kickboxer goes to that guy yeah he's like learning to be the guy right you know? and that's like how we were supposed to be mm-hmm. Um, but then the studies I, I just can't believe that you did it in a week because you know for people that you know i've only done like five or six of these but i've mentioned this I did a whole episode over this oh, on right. the studies, but it was yeah, like yeah. I don't know where you found the time because
1: I mean <laughs> Man, I guess you know it was all it I don't think I ever did any during the day. Um uh-huh. so one one was immediate one was uh after church on Sunday. There was yeah. another one like and they were all it was always PM. Um yeah. or like after a or after a service mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny, <laughs> I remember and I don't know if this was just how my brothers was dressing at the time but everything felt so clandestine like my man who was the ma- the guy who was leading study he was always in hoodies or whatever like so i'm like felt like some fraternity initiation shit like yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like 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 studying with some druids or whatever <laughs> and like I, like it just felt so like yeah dark and and
0: like hmm. you about like you're about to be in something you know right like, right there's something
1: i'm about to do something big <laughs> yeah and I remember you know hearing the whole yeah if there are other Christians out there they'd be with us like the whole you know the whole only church thing I remember <laughs> yeah doing uh doing the sin study and not really having anything to pin on me because like I d- didn't smoke didn't drink still a virgin at the time never kissed a girl never had a girlfriend um what else um, that's
0: why I went so fast yeah
1: <laughs> and I, I got away with not crying
0: you did. I got away God, with not man. crying,
1: and like after he- hearing everybody else's stories, I'm like, how did how did that? They must have been really trying to crank it out. They must have not. The then them numbers must have been so important. They didn't care about the tears,
0: dude. I just I, I think I think that's every that's what everybody talks about. If they're been a joke about something that I'm saying lately about it, is because I talk about it, I didn't cry, <laughs> and Ooh, people but... like I had to do it. I had to do the study a couple times. Yeah, they, they wanted you to feel. They right. You to had to be
1: broken. You had to be cut to the heart. Broken. You had to be, you had to really feel it. Cut and I don't know heart. that I could have like my, I think my tear ducts were broken at the time. Cause like, man, I was so sensitive when I was young. Um, uh-huh. like I cried very easily when, if I got mad or was in an argument, I would mumble and stutter. So you know, to my, to my parents' credit, they never did the whole man up, you're a boy, don't cry thing, but they would still, Hey, don't you start crying again. And I'm already trying, and I'm trying to hold it together already. So to hear that now I start crying more. So Mm -hmm. a combination of all of that, I just learned to just not feel things as much. So like, I, I would, I, I think I got discipled at one point about not being emotional enough Mm -hmm. because I had, I had shut it down so much because of how I didn't like how Mm -hmm. I felt when I was mad. I didn't like how I felt when I was sad. I didn't, so it wasn't, it wasn't a verbal, don't you cry. But it was just a result of all the feelings I felt when I was upset and I was just I just somehow shut it off. So between my dad taking me off the football team for not for failing a class but for just not doing well in a class in my junior year in high school, mm-hmm. between then and a couple of weeks after my daughter was born, which was 20 early 2017, no, she was born in, in 20, late 2016, but the the tears came early 2017. Mm-hmm. so between like 98 and 2017 did not shed a tear wow so and i realized how not normal that shit is yeah, um, I,
0: I, I cry i probably cry more than most men but yeah i've always yeah emotions are big for
1: me yeah just, some
0: people aren't wired that way
1: yeah i'm just now learning to, to reconnect with that i remember feeling mm-hmm. something the other day and i was like I felt drained and I wanted to take a nap. And I said to my wife, I was like, Am I is it just because I'm getting old that I feel this? She was like, No, nah, it's because you're just now. And she said this in a in a comforting way. Yeah. She's like, no, nah, you you're just now learning to reconnect with your feelings. So now you know what it feels like to actually acknowledge and feel an actual feeling. I'm like, oh. Wow. Yeah. I see why people run from the shit, because it's tiring.
0: <laughs> it is tiring.
1: Yeah. A so lot. I, even if I even if like they were. I don't think they could have gotten tears out of me if they really tried to force it. Is what I'm trying to say. That was my roundabout way of saying that. Mm -hmm. Um.
0: So, so you study, you get baptized. How did it feel like? Well, first one thing, like, how did so you kind of you knew who God was, right? Church. When you like after you became like you go through these studies, did your view of what God is did that change? after all this
1: no it didn't change uh-huh. and I honestly i think one of the things that actually lured me in was i got a few of my i believe at the time i believe that i got a few of my questions to answer because mm-hmm. i i wasn't so worried about this that i would go out and study, study it out on my own but there was always a question of, in the back of my mind i'm like we got all of these religions and even within christianity there's so many different flavors and brands of christianity i'm mm-hmm. like there was just something in my head that said all of all of this can't be right. Something got to be right and the other's got to be wrong. So, so yeah, you the found only the, place. Tr- the <laughs> only church thing was like, okay, maybe this is it then. Maybe this is the answer to my question. The other thing was, you know, they used to uh talk bad about like, you know, catching the holy spirit and and mm-hmm. shouting and all of that. That's another question I had too cuz growing up Baptist, I I would always see people shouting, you know, you got the you got the ushers Holding forming a circle around the person that's shouting. And I'm like, if they really caught the Holy Spirit, why do you need to guard them? Like, shouldn't, wouldn't God prevent them from bumping into somebody? Mm-hmm. You know, I never caught the Holy Spirit. I never spoke in tongues. Like, I would be sitting in the pew, everybody else around me standing up, and there's hooting and hollering. I'm like, did the Holy Spirit just pass me by? Did it just fly over my head? So I felt I felt at the time that that was the answer to that question, too. So, I, mm-hmm. so that's what kind of sucked me in as well. I even had somebody in the church and he wasn't he was warning this in a way of saying hey I, we're just going to be upfront with you about this not in a hey you might want to run away mm-hmm. somebody was like hey just so you know people think we're a cult yeah and because mm-hmm. I had such a limited view on what a cult was at the time similar to similar to racism you know a lot of people think it's not racism unless it's the N word and crosses burning and KKK and hoods yeah, and all of yeah, that. Yeah. They think if it's not that, that is not true racism. When, when nationality, it's actually a whole lot more subtle, a whole lot. It's like high fructose corn syrup is baked into mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I felt the same thing about cults at the time because it wasn't Jim Jones, because it wasn't the worker man, because it wasn't, um, this movie wasn't out at the time, but, um, Midsummer because it wasn't Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. I was like, "This ain't a cult." What are they talking about? Oh, people yeah. say that we're too loving. I'm like, "How can you be too loving?" You know. Did so. you
0: ever? Did you ever get to see? Because let's see, if you graduate, you're in college in 2000. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to see a KNN video?
1: I think I did.
0: Because at, le- they at least used a few. To, at least a few, yeah. Because there was a couple of times when we would watch these videos, and it was put on by the church. Mm-hmm. And you, there was this one. I think it was maybe one or two where it had like a lawyer yeah, come works. on and he was like, yeah, we, we just fought and won a case mm-hmm. because they were claiming they had been brought up. They had been sued or something. And they were mm-hmm. called a cult in one of the church, one of the countries or something. And uh, I remember hearing that just like, what? It's weird. Yeah. Or the ABC stories,
1: <laughs>
0: they came in there, you know, they would come in the services and stuff like that. And you're just like, what? This is weird. But anyway. They were really upfront, like people, people are saying it, but yeah, don't get it. It was always that feeling of, they just don't get it.
1: Right. Right. You know, we, and we were taught to take the, the persecution as like, as oh, we're being like Jesus. You know, Jesus was persecuted. We'll get persecuted. So we just took it as, Mm -hmm. you know, like glory. We took it as, oh, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Persecution. Not not look at it objectively. Like maybe we might be doing something fucked up, you know?
0: Yeah. So so in the beginning, was it positive after you joined? Was it a lot of good stuff?
1: Pretty positive. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff. Um, I had a few moments where I was like, cause, you know, then they, they teach you about, hey, you're not going to, you have to find a girlfriend here. You have to find a wife here. You can't date outside yeah. the church. And first I'm like, well, what if I don't like nobody here? <laughs> now, I think this is during my studies. Now, the very next day, I think, was midweek. <clears throat> that got shut down really quickly because I think I had like four interests by the time <laughs> and by the time like midweek was over yeah you said like, that word I like interest her, I like her I like her I don't even know if it was called interest I do no, it was called interest and I didn't know if that I don't know that I knew that was the term back then mm-hmm but i had my with a couple a term. Of yeah if
0: you like someone that was your interest oh lord that's ugh. and then it then it changed to when you when you were uh into her you would be pursuing her right right pursuing your interest sure. <laughs> so like how long were you at famu before you came up to atlanta
1: so 2 years um so what caused that 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 move back home so second semester rolls around now i'm you know starting the semester as mm-hmm as a quote-unquote disciple mm-hmm. um, mind you while i'm back home in atlanta over the holidays some leaders meeting happened and i come back and i find out i'm a bible talk leader you're a bible bo- you were a bible talk leader yeah i was like what? Y- 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 y'all don't see all this water behind my ears man i'm i'm, I'm just three months <laughs> old as a disciple you sure you got the right person because I, I was accidentally fruitful
0: what do you mean accidentally because
1: fruitful? i and I'm, I'm just i'm speculating because i'm like i don't know Because I don't think I was sharp. I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. I didn't see myself as sharp. Maybe they thought, you know, I I just started making my own money that summer before that. I just started getting into my own, I guess, sense of style. I seem to be one of the only people. Out of all the other brothers who were on campus with me, I seem to be the only person who actually made friends prior to getting baptized. Uh Yeah. So 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 for
0: For those of you listening, fruitful means that you baptize someone.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So... So maybe I was considered sharp. I never heard anybody refer to me as sharp. I'm just speculating. Um, sharp,
0: sharp is a word that, like, I, I you say it, man, it, it always comes up, and it yeah. just makes you feel. Ugh. I was rarely ever considered sharp,
1: <laughs> man. That were, um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of things, but I think but, uh, in my time in Atlanta, like, at, at some point we banned the word because it was like stop saying that, sharp, yeah. yeah so but yeah i got it so it was either that or the fact that while i was studying the bible we were out um me and the guy who was my first disciple we were sharing our faith while i was while i was studying Mm -hmm. and we were sharing with this one guy where there was a woman sitting on the bench behind us who was on campus from florida state Mm -hmm. um she was just on family's campus um uh, just i don't know why she was there um but she overheard our conversation so after the guy, the guy, the guy wasn't open. Uh huh. Um, so after he left, she came over to talk to us and it was really encouraged by, you know, I guess our conversation. She eventually came out to church and she was one. Of, she was one of the later of the 21 that got baptized that month. Oh, wow. So I'm wondering and I was never told why. So I'm just I'm just taking shots in the twilight here. Yeah. So maybe that one baptism made made them think I was leadership material. I don't know. So, yeah, I, it, I will talk leader. I'm, and I'm the I'm the youngest physically and spiritually in my Bible talk. Uh-huh. I'm discipling somebody who had been a had been a disciple since the teens, but he's older than me physically and spiritually.
0: And say just say quick, what is what was a discipler? <laughs> just tell some would say your mentor. opinion. What was a discipler?
1: I was very fortunate to be on a more equal footing level with a lot of my uh, disciples. Yeah. Like I never got I never got the vibe that I couldn't rebuke them but I know that was that wasn't um that wasn't the norm. So a like in, people, in
0: like a sentence what was a
1: discipler? Your handler.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Essentially your handler, your <laughs> yeah. <snitch. laughs> your snitch. your parole officer. <laughs> your parole officer.
1: Those were those weren't my experiences but I've heard enough stories to know that my experience was on the very very positive end and that also was not the more common experience
0: Yeah, way back in the day they used to be called prayer partners, <laughs> uh, back like seventies and eighties. Yeah. That yeah. Cycle.
1: And it devolved into. The so anyway, so,
0: so you're the youngest in your Bible talk and you're leading it.
1: Right. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why did y'all pick me? And <laughs> if anybody ever had any animosity in my Bible talk against me for that, they did a good job of hiding it because I never felt it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think that was the case, but I'm, you know, I'm leaving room for things that I don't know. So I got that. And so I was always a fairly smart kid. Like I always made good grades. I was in the advanced classes, AP classes, all of that. But because partially because of that, I never developed good study habits. Uh So when it came time to actually needing to study, I was bad at it. So Uh that combined with more on my plate because I'm a Bible talk leader and I'm starting the semester out. Having to having to go to every damn event, yep, all the time. I say that to on one hand, I do have to take some some responsibility on myself, but I'm also like being in the ICOC that that had to be some kind of factor too.
0: I mean, if you're a leader, I mean, you have to be at everything, Lead, and like yeah, meetings leaders, after me, leaders'
1: meetings after church, like yeah. I, I'm taking up um, I'm taking up contribution. I'm tracking out people who had who didn't pay it. They got the stat sheet. Who came to church? Who didn't come to oh, church? You were in charge of the stat sheet. Oh, I hated that shit, bro. Oh, when oh I, dude, and and I'm very fortunate that you know I didn't have a job then, so I never got the whole hey you got to show your you got to show your check stub or whatever so you can oh <laughs> let me backtrack a bit on that. So right after I got baptized, I was. The guy who was leading the ministry, the um, the campus, well, fam use campus ministry anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're setting what I'm supposed to give for contribution every every week.
0: Did you have to sign a paper? Because I signed a paper.
1: I didn't sign a paper, but I did have to pledge a certain amount. Yeah, there was yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. you know, I I think I might have signed a card or something. Uh huh. But again, I didn't have my backbone was not developed enough to challenge this. But I was like, I always thought that you're supposed to give 10% of your income. And if you don't have- I have no income. So why am I giving anything? So I still had to give a number. So I gave the number, and my dude was like, he gave a very kind version of, uh, try again, that ain't good enough. Wow. So and so I gave whatever number I could give. And they were like, hey, so maybe you should, you know, do some odd jobs around the kingdom, you know, cut somebody's grass. What? wash somebody's car for your contribution. I'm like, current me. I'm like, why the fuck am I working just to give you money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just had to stop and talk about that since we talk about stat sheets and stuff. I
0: mean, I just, they just, I remember <clears throat> them asking me and I was like, I mean, I work two days a week. I yeah. can give this and they're like, all right, whatever. And that was it. But I remember yeah. like writing it down and signing it and stuff. It was it was weird, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so you're in charge of the stat sheets, making sure people give their two dollars or whatever, right? Right. <laughs> so
1: I say all this is I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time at this point. Um, I lost my partial scholarship because my grades plummeted. Oh, geez. So from that point on, my parents are fighting hard to get me to try to come back home because so they was like, dude, you can make them same lackluster grades at home for cheaper because you know out know. of safety. fees.
0: Because I mean, famu is probably you're doing out of state tuition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I go home for the summer. Uh, this is where I first, uh, my second time encountering the, you know, the Atlanta church. Cause I've gone uh-huh. home for, for winter. So came home, you know, um, and I had one of the worst summers of my life because my, I, I go to work with my dad, but he's working this trucking company. It's actually, I'm actually not too far from it now. Um, location wise. Um, but it was a late shift. It was like, seven and something at night until like two or three in the morning oh god but because i'm working with him and this place is in tuck this is a a mountain industrial yeah but we live in rex georgia like clayton like clayton county henry Mm -hmm. county area and because my mom refuses to be at home without a car i can't take her car so i'm riding with my dad in every day which means i'm getting there early but like an hour or two before i'm supposed to start And I have to leave with him because we're short staffed the whole summer. We're getting off late and I'm coming back with him. So there was plenty of times where we're driving back now, 78 towards 285. And the sun is coming up behind me. I'm like, why is the sun chasing me home? That sucks. So that's bad enough in and of itself. But it also means I'm missing midweek. I'm missing Friday Devo. So I spend the whole summer getting grilled off and on about, hey, when are you going to quit your job and get a different job and you know, so, you can make, make it to all these all the meetings. So, because I don't want to be at this job anymore. Like, On one hand, I'm making the most money I've ever made at that point. Uh-huh. On the other hand, I'm miserable because I'm tired all the time. Like Monday through Friday, it's sleep, wake up in time to eat, eat in time to go to work, rinse, repeat until the weekend yeah so i'm hanging out as much as i can i'm going on dates as much as i can i'm i'm hanging out after church every sunday for as long as i can because i'm like i gotta go back to this hellhole during the week um so a whole summer of that um i go back home i did make it back to famu for the next two semesters uh grades didn't get too much better and basically my parents pressured me to come back home the next week next year because they got me a they got me a my first vehicle early that summer came back to Tallahassee, but, you know, had a job telemarketing a job, lost it. Cause I'm, I suck at sales. You know, if you, if you suck at sharing your faith, cold contact, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to suck at sales. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, there's the whole bloom where you're planted thing. There's the whole, you know, so, so you're, you're taught to think wherever you're, you got baptized that is where God wants you really where the yeah. wants mm-hmm. you. Um, so I'm fighting that. And I'm also fighting my parents trying to get me to come back home and I eventually just give in. So that's what got me back to Atlanta. So, yeah. so I was so I've been back here ever since. And when what year was that? This was um, summer and fall of two thousand two. Okay, two thousand two.
0: Yeah. How was it different in Atlanta versus FAMU? Okay, so because Atlanta was one of the top, we were one of the top churches in the whole. I mean, yeah. in America. Yeah, yeah. Not to toot our own horns.
1: I mean, I mean that's odd. Yeah.
0: So I found I found it. I just I had found a document the other day. It was an old newsletter, mm-hmm. and we were the number four church. I think this was in two thousand. Atlanta was a number four church.
1: Yeah, and I think we were in a different sector too. Because I always f- felt it weird that hey, Florida, Georgia, why isn't Tallahassee, and Atlanta hooking up? Yeah, like there, um, it was some regional sector yep. thing.
0: Florida like, wasn't a part of the southeast, right? Because no, we were, no, yeah, yeah, for those of you listening,
1: Locate, location be damned, you know, if you're, if you're confused with what we're
0: saying. So like our church was broke because we were so big and everywhere, our church was broken up into regions. And so you had like the, the Northeast, the, the West, probably part of the West coast. And then we had the Southeast, the SEC, I mean, not the football, the actual, <laughs> it was our region, but, right. and the Southeast was, I think it was Georgia, uh, North and South Carolina. And Tennessee and, like, I think Alabama. But, yeah, Florida was with a a totally different region.
1: It's funny you mentioned football because it made me think of, like, how NFL divisions were before the realignment. Like, you had Atlanta in the NFC West.
0: Yeah, that didn't
1: make any sense. Yeah, and currently the Miami Dolphins, they're they're in the NFC East. I'm like, why aren't they in the South? But I forget if you look at the bottom edge of Florida – it's actually the easternmost city. Oh wow! So, so I'm like, okay, I guess it makes sense for them to be in the east. But yeah, it yeah, it, we it, it felt so disaligned. Yeah. Um,
0: so anyway, so you go to FAMU or you you leave FAMU, you're in Atlanta, right? And so like, because campus, we had our own in 2002. Then we were still meeting as a campus ministry. Yeah.
1: So that was the that was the biggest difference. Like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, at Atlanta just the campus was the size of my whole church in Tallahassee. Wow. So I would, so I went from being used to meeting everybody. Like I would see everybody from every ministry every Sunday and every midweek. Uh-huh. Whereas if in Atlanta, I'm only seeing singles and marrieds. If I, cause I, I got used to, because I was used to that. I kind of went out of my way to make friends with other ministries. So I'm getting invited to singles parties. I'm going to other stuff like that. So I get, I did get a chance to see that, but it wasn't as frequent as before. Uh-huh. Um, rules were a little bit different. Um, yeah. I dated once, actually only dated once. before. Like I've, I've had one girl, I've had two girlfriends my whole life and I married the second one. Oh, wow. Uh, so we, we dated from my first one, we dated, uh, December of 20 of 2001 through like April of 20, April of 2002. So maybe a few months before I moved back to Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, if, unless you were leading a ministry together, you weren't allowed to sit together in church. Really? Right. Like it was that whole, wow, like, I'd, don't be too into each other thing.
0: And this was in Florida, not in right. Atlanta. Yeah. That was in Florida. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, you couldn't, if you were sitting next to, if you were sitting next to your interest uh, too much, you would probably, you would get a talking to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a real funny story, real quick. Um, This is shortly after we started dating. Um, So, Everybody decided and this is like a couple of days before I went back home for the for winter break in 2001. Uh-huh. Um, we were all getting together to go to a dollar movie. I think we we're going to see training day that day. And <laughs> so it turns out my girlfriend is coming. To, she, she's driving. She's we're the same age, but she's in the yes. singles. But she's also a team worker. She and she and her best friend are coming to pick me up. And I'm chilling with another brother who happens to like my girlfriend's friend. Uh huh. Uh oh. They kind of pick us up and they make us Think- both sit in the back. They I'm, made you I'm, both sit in the back? Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm about, okay, I'm about to get some more time with my girlfriend. You know, I only get to see her once a week, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the back. I'm like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> and we get there and she and her friend like bolt out of the car and like they're always like 20 yards in front of me. And I'm like, what's going on? This is weird as hell. Yeah. The whole been, time be- I feel like they're dodging me. Mm-hmm. And they went to go into this one row of seats in the movie movie theater, and as I'm walking down the aisle, I see them jet back out and go to a different aisle. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. So I end up not sitting next to her during the movie, That's... and I can barely enjoy the movie because I'm wondering what the fuck is going on. And
0: it was because the girl, because the guy you were with, like the other girl.
1: No, it's because. My girlfriend had been, uh, more. I feel like she knew it and I didn't. The whole rule of you're not supposed to be too into each other. Oh. So she God. was running from me because they didn't. They didn't want. She didn't want to violate that rule. So apparently, that probably led to her thinking I wasn't leading properly. she thought, couldn't
0: have told you, or right? Y'all, y'all could have had a conversation or something.
1: That wouldn't That wasn't happening because <laughs> you know. You know, the whole, the misuse of Matthew 18, you know, yeah, they mm-hmm. you know that only applies with brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters. If it's a sister and a brother, you're not going to hear about it from her. You're going to hear about it from somebody else who wasn't there. I know. And then they're going to
0: tell you how bad you were and how wrong right. it is and how you and caused. They're going to
1: they gang up on you or whatever. Like you, you, you walk into yeah, church. The... and you. I've seen that happen way too many times. Like fortunately the times that happened to me, it wasn't like a gang of people, uh-huh. but I've seen brothers get like cornered and like, sat down with like five or six other guys i'm like it don't take all it don't take that many people to change the light bulb you know like, i um i got discipled because of how i hugged somebody one oh my time goodness. yeah i remember i I heard, I heard you i heard you say that that story I, I my heart went out to you because i'm a big hugger <laughs> i come from a big hugging family we yeah. hug each other when we see each other yeah. we hug each other when we leave and we might hug in between and i've yeah. never i i will die on this hill ICOC taught us to struggle you think they, they taught us yeah they taught us to struggle I ain't give Talk no about no I didn't give no thought to being aroused by a woman's breast against my chest ever and still uh-huh. don't it still don't happen uh-huh. but you know because you know according to ICOC you have to struggle with that.
0: Well, you're what always sure. tends to happen, what always tends to happen with things like this is the more you talk about it, it you're, you are you kind of over-sexualize
1: each right. other. Over, yeah, exactly. You yeah, know? Exactly. And, and,
0: and you were so, I was so afraid of, and like for me, like this is like, you know, you're 18, 19. Like, I mean, I grew up like thinking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? And like you would go, we would go to if there was ever a pool party or we would go to camp oh
1: don't man i refused <clears throat> i refused to do anything aquatic with disciples i'm not getting into a pool with a shirt on it was I'm so not getting, hard and i'm not getting so into a pool with nothing but dudes yeah i know I, it's that's just, why i was like look i just ain't gonna do it i'm just not doing it fuck it
0: <laughs> it was so funny weird because as hell like, dude we would don't the weirdest For me, like, and you know, I remember one time I went, I got to go on a teen trip to, where do you go? Oh, Columbia, Mm -hmm. South Carolina. And then we ended up getting to like drive from Columbia to Charleston and go to the beach. And all of us were in like shorts and shirts, like girls, Uh... guys, everybody. And then that was weird. And it was just, you know, it's just uncomfortable and shirts in the way.
1: Speaking of girls and guys, I remember one of the campus retreats that we had at the swamp. Mm-hmm. We had separate pool times for for uh, for guys and girls. We did. That's mm-hmm. what set me off. I was like, "Yeah, I ain't doing no pools or beach with none of y'all." I'm yeah, sorry. We, uh,
0: yeah, whenever there was like, um, because I, I mean, I, I, I went to. I was a full time counselor at camp for a number of years, and like, if you ever, if we ever did an activity. Mm-hmm. in the evening where like there were gonna It would be like a swim competition or like it was a part of a challenge or stuff like that right you if the boys were in above the age of 11 boys and girls above the age 11 they had to wear shirts and uh. shorts and it was so it was so frustrating for when i was the older boys counselors and like trying to explain that to them and they're just like this is terrible what? and and I, <laughs> it just is like I don't know it just made I, I guess in my opinion it always made it worse
1: yeah made it all all the way worse like just overthinking about it over sexualizing uh-huh. it all the all the segregation oh my goodness you just reminded me of something and this to go back goes back to your original question about the, the differences mm-hmm. something I never experienced when I was in Tallahassee the gender segregation, yeah, in mm-hmm. campus. So every time I walked into any Atlanta campus function, yeah, you got a pile of brothers over here, a group of sisters over there. This is like you know before you know fellowship before and after. There's a gang of sisters over here. There's a group of brothers over there. Yep. Don't dare try to walk up to a group of sisters by yourself as a brother and just try to strike up a conversation. Uh huh. The same thing would happen if uh you know like after Friday devos we would always go hang out at Fellini's, right? Yep. Fellini's on Howard Mill Road.
0: God, um, I, I missed that place.
1: Yeah, that, such a, I love that place. But what I hated was, and I rarely got to go because I eventually got a job at FedEx working the night shift. So it was like 1030 at night to like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I would still be able to make it to midweek and Friday, but I I would never be able to hang out for so long afterwards. So somebody would, every Friday, hey, Mara, you want to come to Felini's with us? <laughs> oh, why not? Because I got to work, <laughs> which was the reason. I couldn't go the last time you asked me and the Friday before that. And the Friday. And it was hard.
0: That. It was hard to have a job in campus, yeah. wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So the rare times that I did get to go again, same thing, brother sitting over here, sister sitting over there, sister sitting over there, brother sitting over here. Yeah. If you were to sit in it with a group of sisters, they wouldn't never, they wouldn't outright say it, but there'd be this vibe of bro, what you doing over here?
0: And it'd be awkward. And you would get talked to about yeah, it. later.
1: Yeah. And I was like, and again, talking to a guy who, and this is this is one of the reasons why I was fired up about encouragement dates in the beginning, because mm-hmm. you're talking to a guy, again, who had never had a girlfriend, never kissed a girl, never never had sex, and I'm finally starting to get some confidence about me as far as, like, you know, actually talking to the women. Uh-huh. And now I'm being forced to always only hang with brothers because of some weird unspoken rule. Oh, the brothers got to lead the relationships, the brothers got to lead the friendships. What, so why does that mean... The sisters can never come talk to us. Why does that mean that we can never talk to them unless it's on a date? Like, what does that have to do with lead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that got on my last nerve. Like, like my, my our Bible talks in the campus in Tallahassee were always mixed gendered. Really? Right. Yeah. And I get to Atlanta. My Bible talks are only ever until I got into the singles later on. It was only Bible talks, only Bible talks of brothers, only Bible talks of sisters. Every once in a while, they might come together and collaborate on something, but for the most part, they stayed separate.
0: And what campus did you like? What college did you end up coming to?
1: Up here? So I went to DeVry over in Decatur. Uh huh. Okay. So I think because I was, because I came from HBCU, they lumped me in with AU. Yep. Which I wasn't upset about, but I also was like, I don't currently attend the HBCU. So you want to hear something?
0: This? You want to hear something funny? Go ahead. I was lumped in with the AU. Because really? I went to when I first when I got to campus, I went to West mm-hmm. Georgia. And oh, for some that reason, makes
1: sense. Yeah. Yeah. West
0: Georgia is the opposite of an Asia. <laughs> it's the opposite <laughs> of Morehouse. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 in the country. It's a lot of white people. Lots Man. of white people. Cause that's so down like, twenty
1: that's down twenty west somewhere, right? Uh huh.
0: Yeah. It's oh, about Lord. it's about forty minutes Whoa. before you get to Atlanta or Alabama. But so like I had left, I had left church for a little bit and I had come back and I was at West Georgia and, and I remember the first time I come back to the campus ministry and I'm like hanging out with a friend of mine and he goes, he was at uh, I think he was with Kennesaw state or whatever. And I'm walking with him. He goes, Oh no, Hey, you got to go find your ministry. And I'm like, I'm at West Georgia. And he's like, Oh, you with the AU. And so then I go into this room and I like, I see all <laughs> the black people in a corner and I'm like, is this the, that's where I'm supposed to go. And, and, cause I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm trying to understand why I'm, cause I, you know, you know, you grew up in Atlanta, you know, about Morehouse Spellman, Morris Brown, all that. Yeah. And so then they see me and they're cheering and they, you know, bring me in. And for the first, like maybe year or two years in campus, I was with the AU, I was one of two, two white people in the AU Man. ministry.
1: You know, here you say that it reminded me of like how <laughs> clickish I felt everything was too. Like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, they they went hard on that whole, and they misused the scripture too. The whole imitate your leaders. Yeah, mm-hmm. they took that way too far. Like, it got to the point where if I saw you, I could tell by how you dressed who your disciple was and what ministry you were in. God, I wish all, that all we the could. all the guys dressed like Nahisi, and they <laughs> they they dressed like him. All the girls like like Patricia um yeah i could tell who was in georgia state i could tell who you know tommy was disciple, and i could tell who um what's the guy's name kevin he's he he used to be in like north carolina somewhere
0: George, so yeah georgia tech there was so yeah. like i guess in my mind so georgia state would be all the express mm. a lot <laughs> of those people were the express um <clears throat> georgia tech probably a lot more like put together yeah so a yeah bit more stuffy I don't want to use the word stuffy just like they probably tuck I mean, in their shirts and plaid it, it it fit um I mean I I wore Jinko jeans back then so <laughs> yeah, it's funny I, I
1: always felt like the more there I, I feel weird trying to describe this but you'll 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 get what I'm saying when I say it like there was a certain group of votes that I always looked a little bit a little bit more stuffy like you said a little bit more uh-huh. highbrow a little bit more yep high class or whatever. And I always kind of got this air that those systems were off limits. Yes. Like, like you, like you yeah. couldn't ask them out.
0: And so it's like, there was this, there was this feeling of levels in church. Yeah. And I definitely felt that I was not, I was at a certain level and other people were at another level. Right. Right. And Those people that were in the high, it was a higher level. Yeah. Those people at a higher higher level, you're not going to interact with them. You're not going to take those girls out on dates. You're not really going to interact with those people. Right. Right. You know, and there were a lot of people that you hear, you'll hear a lot in Atlanta in the campus ministry that a lot of kids were getting stipends, Mm. they were getting paid. Um, You'll hear things like that. But uh, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a, it was it was levels and it was clickish yeah and it was always, I don't know, it was just how I saw things, yeah, like that's how things were in the church, like even as kids, even growing up in it, that's what you saw. like I knew that like if I got baptized, I'd go to heaven. But there's this part of me that's like, I'm mean, being. I'll probably be at like the back part of heaven,
1: <laughs> right? You know, I'm not gonna right. be in like the good part. You're gonna be in a in an apartment in heaven and not like an actual house or a mansion. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of got worse for me, or at least from what I saw after the after the letter dropped, because you know, campus split up. You know, we had yeah. to go. You know, this is the first time that I. It's funny being a black man. Like I, I feel like I've not really experienced a whole lot of blatant racism in my life. Uh And this was the first time I really thought, is this some racist shit going on here? Like what? So, you know how they, they sent each individual campus ministry off with different churches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like KSU, Georgia tech, Georgia state got shipped off like up North somewhere with Mm -hmm. like the really predominantly white or all white ministries. Yep. Whereas AU, GPC, and all of us, we got shipped off with ministries that were either mixed or heavily or all Black. Yeah. And I was like, something don't something ain't right about this. Something ain't right about this. And like, I always kind of, one thing I always felt good about was the fact that our church was multiracial. Yeah. now I've, I've since learned that there's a difference between multiracial and multicultural. We definitely weren't mm-hmm. multicultural because even though we had different races, it all had to be done a certain way. Mm-hmm so I what do you just, mean it, it had
0: to be d- done a certain way
1: like so we had you, you probably had to please whatever the majority was uh-huh. and yeah. like if you were in, a, if you were in a ministry that wasn't was if it wasn't a lot of brown people in that ministry you weren't going to get a whole lot of upbeat happy clappy stuff you weren't like that's just one example of things like you're not going to yeah. You're not going to try to cater to every, I mean, of course, you're not going to make everybody happy, but you're not going to cater to anybody, but the majority there, as opposed to trying Mm -hmm. to at least making some effort to make everybody feel somewhat comfortable, not necessarily happy, but to try to make everybody somewhat comfortable. So that's what I mean by like multiracial, because, you know, it's some of everybody there, but not multicultural in the sense that we got y'all are welcome here, but you got to do this our way.
0: Yeah, it was like it was I I felt that um cuz I was at GPC after the letter came out George Perimeter College and I remember us getting we 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 kept meeting downtown yeah. when when it did I didn't understand cuz we were kind of like we weren't downtown you know and I I don't know if Georgia Tech met with the I think it was called Greater Atlanta
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's where I ended up at um, yeah. Greater Atlanta Church of Christ. I think somewhere. I think it was the line was drawn. I guess between Greater Atlanta and North River. I think.
0: Well, so to just back up, so people, in case they're we're getting deep in the paint with some things, <laughs> <laughs> like the letter comes out, the church with with you know the Henry big old the big the letter, and then it kind of broke apart the church as a corporation, and then we like instead of saying like instead of saying like you were the um you were the Cobb County Ministry or you were the Gwinnett Ministry it's like we they were no longer sort of like a corporation so right. it, they sort of got their own names they became their own entities so like the i think it was like the Greater Atlanta became, was what was like uh the arts and entertainment ministry yeah though yeah and then uh, all the people A&E, like Inside right. the sorry, inside the perimeter, kind yeah, of church. Yeah. Inside kinda, 285.
1: Right, that's how it kind of merged together. It was the the, the remnants of the old A and E ministry, mm-hmm. um, the uh, most. I'll just say it: the the mostly black campus students that left yep. the um uh, the Atlanta campus merged in together, and that's how it kind of came about. Side mm-hmm. note: with A and E, I hated how, I, and I kind of fell into this too. I fell into this trap as well. Did you ever get the, the the feeling that everybody painted the A&E ministry like oh they they're awesome but they're all, they're so emotional they're always kind of emotional and and like that that was the vibe that I got and then I got into it I'm like I don't see this like this I don't think
0: they were emotional I thought all the cool people were there
1: Yeah I thought I thought that too but I, I mean, mean what what once, once I got in from arrest, I, I, it wasn't right was it yeah speech was in there the rest of the Mhm yeah, development.
0: Development. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I I was like that's kind of cool and like I remember being like, I remember being frustrated because I was living in Cobb County and having to mm-hmm. drive all the time to Atlanta. Yeah, That was hard. But uh, but yeah, when you say North River, North River was what was East Cobb,
1: right? Right.
0: And that was the East Cobb County. Um, and so most of the people in East Cobb were upper socioeconomic white yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Which was funny because my family, when we grew up, we were in West Cobb, mm-hmm. so we were. Mm-hmm it was kind of the other side of the tracks um, yeah. for most part. And then you, you started to see things. I mean, I saw
1: lots you talk about the divisions and indeed. And I, I'm finding out in, in hindsight that, that apparently not between the rank and file file members like you and me, mm-hmm. but like apparently up in the leadership, there was some kind of beef between uh, North river and, um, and greater Atlanta. Cause we never, collaborated on anything like all all the all the singles and campus we were friends and we and we did things together voluntarily but as far as like anything official we never hooked up on anything and i'm learning and i still don't know all the details but i'm just hearing i I hear rumblings of it like there's
0: always there were a lot of rumblings because there was also the west Cobb ministry had their own they had their own entity i I forget what it was called but their their church was a mile from North Rivers Church right building and I always thought that was weird and I always I mean there was a lot of bitterness from just being a kid cuz yeah when you're a kid and you live at West Cobb everything has to be at East Cobb and so then you just get this uh-huh. feeling of of things then you start to notice when you go to these East Cobb functions there's a lot of there's a lot of white people and not a lot of the people that were not a lot of the teens mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. were people of color.
1: Yeah. It just
0: and it just I think it exacerbated a lot of stuff.
1: The racial lines, the the class lines, the yeah. lines that shouldn't be, but you know, you you think being in a church that those lines would dissolve. But you know, here we are.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, and I remember um I mean I started I left campus and became a teen worker and then I just ended up at North River for a while because from camp. There are a lot of kids I knew up there, but, um, yeah, it was definitely those few years after the letter were, were really weird. Yeah. Um, I thought that things got a little bit easier (laughs) with regards to like how I interacted with women.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that things got a little easier. I I had friends and I would sit at tables and there would be like, you're saying there weren't so many groups of like, you yeah. know, guys and girls. I love that you still say brothers and sisters. That always, I always geek out on that because we, it was just so.
1: Yeah. Some, some stuff never leaves you. Like I stopped saying awesome.
0: Yeah. Like, really?
1: I, I never, I never said awesome before. And I fought yeah. it for a long yeah. time. I'm, like, I'm not saying this word. Like, and I also said, <laughs> I couldn't stand saying bro. Like I never said bro. Like I'd say oh. like, bro. Like bro was part of my normal bro. Mexican, but bro, uh, it was just that hard bro. Oh, bro. Come on, bro. I'm like, no, just that's lame as hell. Oh.
0: But I, the thing with the brothers and sisters is because you'd have these, we'd have these devos and they would get up and say, brothers, you need to be taking these sisters out uh, on dates. Yeah. And that, just thinking about the, <laughs> taking a sister out on a It's just the word sister. It just, it just made it weird for me.
1: Yeah. And the, the weird thing about it, that was so hypocritical because, you know, you got to take your sister out on a date, take your sister yeah. out on a date. Now, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, okay. I'm a to trap for a second. The very first time I went to a disciple wedding, they oh, yeah. went out of their way to mention that when they kiss, that's the first time they'd ever kissed, that they'd yeah. ever kissed. And this yeah. is horror to my ears for someone who had, again, has had never had a girlfriend, yet. never yeah. kissed a girl. You mean to wait? You mean to tell me I got to wait till I get married? Mm -hmm. to kiss a girl like i had no problem telling people i was still a virgin because i was like hey that's biblical fight me on that right Mm -hmm. nowhere in the bible does it say you shouldn't kiss anybody
0: there would would be so i'm like
1: i i I couldn't i mean it never came up but i'm like i i was dreading the day i would have to explain to somebody that i'd never kissed a girl yeah so that's
0: it was tough man you would people would get like standing ovations when they announced their engagements, if they knew like, Oh, they had never kissed and they did all those right. things. It was very much.
1: It was crazy. Awesome. I hated yeah. weddings
0: until yeah. I got out of church and I Same. went to a wedding that wasn't a part of a church.
1: And how, as, how, how many, how many weddings have you been to as a, uh, like just as on a date.
0: On a date. Mm. My first, my first right, date right. ever in church was, uh, was a wedding.
1: And it is it's crazy to me, like and not having you know, having been through a wedding myself uh-huh. and having the having the, the, the all the, the guest list drama, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, how did we get away with just showing up to random brothers and sisters weddings as dates?
0: I think I went to man, I don't know how they did it because we like, I mean no, I didn't want I didn't want people, random people at my wedding. You right.
1: know, yeah. Every
0: person there costs money.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: See, I went to. Jeez, I probably went to. Well, I didn't go. So, like, I didn't date a lot in church because Mm -hmm. I hated it. First off, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And then two, like, like you, like I I had to work, and you know, so I would, I would be going. I'd have to work on Saturdays, and I would just—I mean, I just kind of made sure that was I your way out. Like, Saturday. Hey, I
1: can't do this. I can't. Sorry, like
0: I gotta work. I can't. Yeah. Like, so yeah, the, yeah, my first date was a wedding. Yeah. Um, oh, with, a, with a sister that was 15, no, 15 <laughs> years older I'm, than I've me. I've been
1: there too. Like, why are we doing? Why are we doing it this? It's awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget. I, I remember why I was mentioning the, the kissing thing because mm-hmm. we're taking our sisters out. But if you ever wanted to kiss your girlfriend as a disciple, some I've, I've heard a few I've, I've heard a few people get get called out like, "Well, why you wouldn't kiss your you wouldn't kiss your real sister, would you?" So why would you kiss your, kiss your sister in Christ? God, the, and the my thing. comeback would be, "Would you take out would you know Would you would you take out your mama on a date?" <laughs> like this doesn't this the, the 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 logic ain't logic in right there, you know? The mental gymnastics we
0: right, would, right. we would g- go through to to sort of get a point across or get you to think a certain way. I mean, the worst thing for me was when a guy was discipling me and told me that masturbation was gay sex.
1: You got to do. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. some that, yeah. I was, you know, cause I would struggle with that off and on. Like, you know, I could, I can make it three months. I can make it six months, nine months, oh, but I can never I just fully stop. It. Yeah. And yeah. Somebody legit told me that they said, Oh, because you know, if you're masturbating, Leasing you're having sex with yourself. So it's a man having sex with a man. So you're gay. Uh-huh. So that worked for me for like six months. The amount of times
0: we had to talk about masturbation in church was
1: just ridiculous. And it's almost like, you know, you ever get into like a, <laughs> like a, a confession circle and like huh? half the time you're talking about it, half the time you're confessing is, every, is some kind of purity. I'm like, can we get past that? Is that is that the only thing?
0: Nah, man. You said a circle. I mean,
1: I've been in so many circles having to talk about that shit. Man. Uh, like, <laughs> and, it's, and, and honestly, I will. I'll die on this hill now. I don't think it's wrong. Period. I, I, yeah. It's not it's not wrong. It's not it's not in the Bible. Some of the some of the the scriptures that people use to say is wrong in the Bible don't even talk about that. You know, the whole spill and seed thing. Like the the sin yeah. was the fact that the dude wasn't fulfilling his um his duty to his you know, his dead brother's wife and not the and not the fact that he pulled out, you know? Like
0: yeah, you didn't want to spill the seed. It was like a weight that they, they would use like you were wasting this yeah, the wasting of the seed. That's where it got demonized or something.
1: Right. I kind of
0: heard that. But yeah, I just it was hard and it and it just puts you in this weird, like you're trying to stop something kind of natural. And yeah. then you're like just feeling so bad about yourself.
1: And they, they turned so much natural shit into like demonized things. Like I hated the uh I, one of the one of your episodes I was listening to brought back a not a bad memory but a, an annoying memory the whole term weasel time oh weasel time God, yeah. God forbid you spend time with a member of the opposite <laughs> sex that isn't on a sanctioned date how dare you how dare you spend time with a, a girl or a guy you know whatever your opposite part is outside That's... of fellowship and outside of a date how dare you do that? How dare you do this natural thing that regular people do? Oh, you getting your weasel time in? Like I'm just, I'm, I'm talking with the sister over here in church, away from a group for we're five ha- minutes. We're
0: just hanging out, like, we're just come hanging on, out. Like what? It puts so much pressure on everything, too. Yeah, you know? and
1: there, and there were certain sisters where it's like, no, you can't just hang out with me. You have to take me out on a date. Oh God. And I'm like, now, I, and I say this as someone who appreciated. Encouragement dates because again I had no dating life prior to that yeah. so I was like oh I got these sisters who want to go out on dates and and then they're probably I mean, they're probably not going to tell me you no know, where do I sign up I didn't realize at the yeah. time that they were forbidden for saying no yeah I didn't realize that at the time I, I, it blew my mind when I realized and I, guess I it was
0: never be- I got told no a lot. Um, I think most of it was because I wasn't fast enough on Sundays. Cause you yeah. know that once church was over, right? Was, it was like a on Sundays, yeah. it was like everybody
1: was like you said the stock market, you was you were uh, trying to ping, go yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, funny story. <laughs> you reminded me of something because I think you, I'm, I'm one of your other episodes you mentioned like somebody getting in trouble for asking the sister out way too far ahead of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: get in trouble for this, but I messed up somebody's plans doing this. So try to keep this short, because I think I'm a I'm gonna save the long version for a, a video of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I gotten in, in the habit of not too far out, out, but sometimes I'd ask a week and a half early. Like, say if you know how you normally ask on Sunday for the upcoming yeah. Saturday, right? So I started asking like instead of that Sunday before that Wednesday before, so like a week and a half ahead of time, or if I had a certain thing planned. I might ask, like, uh, like later on, like in a year or two before I left, um, I was going to a, a local MMA fight at, uh, I think it was at Center Stage. And there's only one or two sisters I, that I knew would appreciate that. So I asked her out way ahead of time because I was like, okay, I need to make sure I get this particular sister for this event. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like that, I would ask ahead of time. But anyway, I'm going to a movie night. Uh, so I got a I got a date the next day. I'm going to a movie night on a Friday. It's a wedding date the next day. And I happen to be at the household of the sister who I'm supposed to be taking out the next day at that movie uh-huh. night. It was just just happenstance. It went, you know. So and I'm talking with this other sister who had just got baptized. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ask her out for the next Saturday. Oh God. While I'm while I'm in mid conversation with her. Sister, one of the other sisters whose household that is, she stops all conversation and says, hey, um, such and such and such and such. They're out on a date right now. And when they get back, they'll have gone steady. And everybody's clapping and hooting and hollering. And I'm clapping, too. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That's my date for tomorrow. Oh, okay. geez. So I quickly switched gears to the the sister who I'm currently talking to. I'm like, so um, I just lost my date for tomorrow. Um, You want to go out tomorrow instead? And she was totally, she was totally fine about it. So in the span of about thirty seconds, I both lost and gained a date. Right. Nice. I think I'm good. And then I realized, so my my double for the next day is across the room. Um, if I tell you later on who this is, you'll know who it is. But this a uh, a brother who is at Morehouse, and he was book smart, but he wasn't street smart. Like yeah. he like someone would call him a himbo nowadays. Uh-huh. And I see this look on his face, and I can tell that he just realized what happened and instead of keeping it to himself he blurts out in front of everybody oh snap myron isn't that your date for tomorrow oh Oh, jeez you just put me under you just threw me you just he helped me saw that bus coming and just tossed me right up under that bus as soon as it came dude you could have kept that to yourself nobody was none the wiser yeah (laughs) no i mean i mean it was a little bit of embarrassment everything was fine but i'm like dude really You couldn't just keep that to yourself, (laughs) but yeah, and you know, and speaking of of encouragement dates, I just hated the fact that encouragement and date became synonymous.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it made it to where like I I, the pressure, yes, pressure around just being nice. Yeah, and like a date always felt like it meant more.
1: Yeah. than than
0: what it was supposed to be
1: they made everything mean more i remember like even going steady Mm -hmm. like brothers asking sisters to go steady was like regular people proposing yeah and i think that's why the breakups hurt that much more because they made it seem more than it was supposed to be i'm like why are you why are you taking this girl like across atlanta on scavenger hunts and going walking up the stone mountain and, and doing all this stuff just to ask her to be your girlfriend. What you going to do when you propose, dude?
0: I mean, this was, it was, oh my gosh, it was, it was, you were, you were so close to the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <Why>? So, <laughs> What were some of the positives about being, like, what are some things that like you still, I don't know, you look back and you're like, okay, maybe I get it. Or things that you like that just kept you there besides,
1: you know, just feeling like you had to be there. Definitely the friendships. Like there are some people who I'm still Mm -hmm. in contact with, um, Mm -hmm. still in contact with now, you know, people who wasn't, people who weren't bound by the whole, oh, you're not in this organization anymore. Bye. Don't know you, you never existed. You know, so I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of friendships like that. Um, I got very used to, this is a double-edged sword, but I got very used to um being open you know I don't go out of my way to be open like that's one thing I don't seek like I'm a big introvert Uh if I have a day off from work tomorrow I ain't calling nobody I'm sitting at home by myself I'm chilling but if you were to call me I'd be willing to hang out you know um but so I say that to say I don't go out of my way to search out somebody to be open with but like if it comes time to be open like I don't have a hard time sharing my feelings because I've been trained to really
0: Yeah, that was something, that's something I think is a very positive thing for me as well. Yeah, we, you 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 got used to talking with, with men about. Right,
1: right. Yeah, that, you know, there's a stigma with us as men, you know, you know, patriarchy did it to us, but you know, like, you know, you don't talk about your feelings. You don't, you're not, you're not supposed to be vulnerable. Excuse me, you're not supposed to be emotional. And. I'm sitting here like, I can't relate because I've been doing yeah. it for, I did it for like a decade and some change. Um, but oh. I mean, I'm, I don't say I can't relate to the, you know, to try to make any make light of it. I mean, like, I, I get it's a really serious thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at least in that regard, you know, not ahead of the game, but it's an obstacle I don't have when it comes to um mm-hmm. letting those feelings out. Again, I don't always seek it out like I should. But if you were to like, if you were to ask me something right now, like I'd have no problems just spilling it all out. Whereas some other guys, to no fault of their own, might be like, "Uh, I don't even know how to express this," you know. So yeah, that dude, was a. So
0: many times you would be just out praying together. Yeah, you would be feeling something. You would be like wrestling with whatever it is, and like, you would go to people, go to guys, and then you would like talk about it, and then yeah. It was closest, and you were around each other so much. Right, so, like you right. just, it just helped for me. I think it helped build friendships because you were just around them so much. Yeah, you got that, so close. You got real close with people.
1: Yeah that that was that was beautiful. That that was double edged sword. Yes, but really beautiful. Um,
0: yeah, I just and, had
1: something and I lost it. Um, it did. You know, a lot of Bible knowledge. Um, I mean, yeah. you now to be fair, there was some stuff that was twisted and taken out of context, but <laughs> yeah. a lot of Bible knowledge that a, a lot of Bible knowledge that I wouldn't have had on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find a, um, something. A byproduct of it was I, I found something that I was really passionate about. Um, early on in my time in Atlanta, there was a brother who. We were just out at we we're out to eat at some. Um, there was a restaurant on uh on Georgia Tech's campus that we were all having lunch at, and he just made the announcement: "Hey y'all, I'm going to be teaching um salsa lessons for the campus ministry after church every Sunday, and mm-hmm. they're free." And I was like, "Salsa free?" Before I sign up, at. dude, I was uh,
0: literally just about to ask you about the salsa craze in Atlanta campus yeah. ministry.
1: So <laughs> that I caught that bug and it it bit me hard. Um, so yeah. and it it was also a double-edged sword in in the beginning too, because, you know, again, as a recovering, um, as a recovering, uh, what's the word I was looking for as a recovering pushover who does, you know, who wasn't very assertive and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a guy and 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 this is kind of changing, you know, you know, if you go to a dance class nowadays, you might hear lead and follow as opposed to men and women or whatever, you know, being, being a lot more progressive now, but, it was mainly women follow. And that was something I struggled with just because I just was not an assertive person Mm -hmm. for the longest. I thought that was why my first relationship ended. Cause she did always, there's several times where she had to pull me aside and tell me that she felt that I wasn't being the leader in our relationship. Now this is somebody who I'm, this is my first relationship ever. So I'm like, I don't know how this works, you know? Um, but because, you know, the whole dynamic with brothers and sisters, She would never give me examples of it. She always would tell me to go talk to the brothers. I'm like, well, you're the one who has the issue with me. Like, you tell me what you need. Yeah. So whenever, even though salsa was fun for me, it also was a sore spot because you got to lead, you got to lead, you got to lead. I'm like, "Uh Mm -hmm. every time I heard anybody say lead in a sermon, I always heard it in my ex-girlfriend's voice. And it always stung. It felt like a Muay Thai leg kick to my my shin. You know, I was like, "Uh Mm -hmm. that thing again. So like you ever change something not because it's the right thing to change but because you're tired of hearing about it? Yep, that was that was lead that was leading for me. Um, but I eventually got good at it. Um, it became something I was really passionate about. I hate to say that you know I got the reputation of oh that's salsa iron salsa iron. I'm like <laughs> I did, I never wanted that you know I never wanted to be you know people would you know if we're out somewhere and and Latin music starts playing even if it's not salsa they're like oh Mario you want that you want that I'm like that's not I don't have salsa on the brain,
2: you know, contrary <laughs> to
1: popular belief is I don't have salsa on the brain. I'm not addicted. I mean, I would jokingly say I was addicted like a holic, but, you know, it, it wasn't the case.
0: I just feel like one day nobody danced and then the next day everybody, everybody was danced. dancing. Right. And I never got it because, you know, honestly, for me, like you talk about over sexualizing dancing meant you had to touch a girl. Right. Yeah. And there was that. How did I always was like, how's that working?
1: Right, which which makes me wonder how it became such a big craze. Because I'm like, as much as we're like, you got a side hug all the time and you can't touch. How did how did we get away with this? How did I get away with so much? Like,
0: and I in one of my apartments, this was years. This was probably two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Uh, I my a friend of mine. Was a big salsa dancer too, uh-huh. um, and he, uh, he asked if he could host one in my apartment, and we had, we had like, there was like twenty people in my apartment just wow. salsa dancing, and I, I mean, I wasn't a part of it, um, I was just hanging out because it was my apartment, yeah, but um, I remember like trying to dance with someone and I felt so weird. Yeah, like just because I was touching them and it was just it was an awkward, awkward thing. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe I'm having a salsa
1: party in my apartment. Right, <laughs> I'm touching girls. Oh my God. And, it's okay, yeah, and I'm 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 throwing shade at the establishment, not you. I mean, like I know, bed, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is.
0: Like- it, yeah, I I I get that. It just it it just puts it in your head. But I was like, man, every it just felt like every time you were at some campus event somebody's gonna throw in salsa music and then everybody's gonna be dancing yeah and i'm, I'm gonna have to leave because i don't I'm, i don't i don't dance
1: yeah like I th- that. I th- <laughs> I th- that was one thing that kind of motivated me because like i was like i was tired of being at those parties and not being able to do it and i was like if i wanted i, I want to be able to do it and be able to do it you know yeah i remember being at a singles <laughs> party one time where there were some brothers that were there from uh, from the singles and they were like no, you ain't really got to know what you're doing. All you got to do is just be confident, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and, and then I would see what they were doing. I was like, what, you ain't got to be confident about, bro. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, I didn't either, but I was like, I don't want to be that. Yeah. I saw what they were doing. I was like, I don't want to be that. Yeah. So that, that kind of motivated me as well. And it, it eventually got, it eventually helped me grow in my confidence and helped me grow in assertiveness. Like I'm never I don't think I'm ever going to be and nor do I do. I think I want to be the quote unquote alpha male. I mean, despite the fact that that term is used wrong anyway.
3: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But
1: I don't see myself as that kind of guy. So I'm never going to be that super macho, that super assertive, take charge kind of person. But it did help me grow out of the very other opposite end of mm-hmm. that. Uh, so got better at leading, got better at being assertive, got better at being uh, confident. And honestly, I felt like. In hindsight, it kind of gave me because again going back to you know I had no game as a, a as as a single guy before um before be, being in the church what did had no um what am I what am I saying didn't really get any attention from women didn't have confidence in talking to them and now all of a sudden I'm like I'm going to all these salsa events and like like 90% of the time I'm getting yeses from the girls I'm dancing with and they like dancing with me and I'm realizing like years later I realized I'm getting the attention that I didn't get before. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing was, like the very first time I went out at the like the, the club that I ended up teaching at for every Friday, like for like almost a decade, I would I would ask a girl to dance, we dance, end of the song, you know, we hug it, it gives me a hug, kiss on the cheek, and walks on. I'm like, <laughs> kiss me on the cheek. What in the world? I like this. What in the world? And you know, and I wasn't <laughs> sprung. I wasn't like, oh my god, she likes me. Like, but it you was just weren't used to it, right? I wasn't used to it, but it was like a like a good little bit of what's what's the oxytocin? You for I don't know what it whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I was like that felt good, and like I wasn't aroused. I wasn't like, oh my god, I got to get her number. It felt good, just a, a honest, pure good, right? Isn't it crazy how we can just control ourselves? We can right. just feel good about right. something and you know, not. I like, wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking about trying to take her home a banger. You know, I was like yeah. that, like, and because that's the thing they think we're going to think. You know, that we're going to just be uncontrollable. I'm like, no, that was a, res- a a respectful kiss. Yes, she's attractive. I'm not thinking about her afterwards. I'm not thinking about her sexually. It was cool. Yeah, and you it's funny. Move how, on with like, your life. Move on with your life. Right, and it's funny how I can kiss all these women on the cheek that i barely know and don't care about but yet i can't do that with my sisters because i'm going to get talked about the next day
0: oh you will get to, oh geez right you know?
1: mm-hmm. and never mind the fact that the bible says you know greet each other with a holy kiss but that's figurative that's figurative though
0: yeah i mean there it's it yeah man I, I just wonder about how it was in other countries where like a kiss on the cheek is a cultural just that's what just right. what happens exactly. I mean, I go to Puerto Rico, and you know, you introduce to someone,
1: you get a kiss on the cheek. That's just how it is, right? Some of them, they'll they'll look at you sideways if you don't kiss the other cheek too. Like, now, yeah. come on, mm-hmm. get, get this other cheek too. Come on, don't don't don't, yeah. don't don't short me. I know. So,
0: so you found salsa, and that's good. Like, so when when did you leave? Why did you do leave? Was it like a just one day? There was this realization, like I got to get out of here,
1: or was it like a slow burn. Um, It was a slight mix of both. So, uh-huh. at, so important thing here, at the time, I wasn't looking to leave. I wasn't feeling fed up about the church. You know, I wasn't feeling like, oh, I got to get out of here. I'm tired of this shit. Like, mm-hmm. if this event doesn't happen, I might still be there. Um, So, this is, let's see. Winter of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny, good segue. Uh, there was a couple that i had been teaching private salsa lessons to. Um, so the wife of the couple, like we've been, um, we've been doing lessons for a couple of months now. The wife of the uh, the wife of the couple, uh, texts me one day. She says, "Hey, Myron, you should do a double date with me and my uh, me and my husband. Oh, and by the way, I'll provide the date." I'm like, oh, shit, what in the world? Um, So I conveniently use the fact that I'm driving to not text her back (laughs) because I'm trying to figure out a way to let her down because I'm also reaching out to her, you know, um, in hindsight, looking for a way to indoctrinate her. Um, And I don't want to say that I don't date women outside my church because that's going to lead to her wondering, well, dang, what are we? Are we not Christians? Because they profess to be Christians as well. So I just kind of conveniently said, you know, I'm not really down to do a blind date. Like I'm willing to I'm willing to get to know this girl, you know, hang out with her or whatever. But I'm not trying to do a blind date. So she leaves me alone for a little bit. Like a month or two goes by, and she brings it up again. I'm like, dang it. All right. Is, is she on Facebook? Can I kind of find her on Facebook? Because I'm really saying this just to get her off my back. Like I have no interest in hearing what she's what she's selling. So find her on Facebook. And I'm like, all right, she she is kind of cute. Okay, cool. And so I send her a friend request. And okay, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack a little bit. Hmm. Somewhere in that year prior, at least twice, I've heard by our, our evangelist at uh, GACC say from the pulpit, y'all know we're not the only Christians out there, right? And I was like, huh. Wow. Are we really coming off of this? we're the only church thing. Cause I think, I think by then I had stopped believing that we were the only church, but I still was like, okay, I'm saying, cause I feel like this is the best place for me to be. And it's probably still safer for me to stay within the church as far as dating is concerned. Yeah. And I, and I had tried several times before, like, I mean, you know, we've all met somebody outside the church and I thought, okay, let me get, let me bring them out to church. Let me uh, study Let me get the sisters to study with them. But it just never worked out. I had and... a whole secret relationship, oh oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. met
0: someone I liked, but and I had a whole thing, but that's for another time. Sorry to interrupt, but keep
1: going. no, no, you're good, you're good. actually uh I'm uh, if we have time if, and if not, I'll share it with you after we're done. Uh, but I yeah. got a a similar story to share with you on that one. Um,
0: you hear that we're not the only church or right. we're not
1: the only christians right so this doesn't lead me to just like go out and get a girlfriend outside the church but it's stuck in my head i'm like okay how's this really going to work though like is this has this trickled down like i heard this but it obviously hasn't trickled down to the rest of the church because i'm like i'm not seeing other people coming to fellowship with us i'm not seeing people a mass of people dating non-GACC people, non-ICOC people. So I'm like, is this really working in practice? So, okay, so back so back to the whole meeting her on Facebook thing. So I send her a friend request. I get a message from her. and So we, we're chatting throughout the day all day. You know, good conversation is flowing, good chemistry or whatever. Towards the end of the day, she's like, hey, is it weird to you that I haven't accepted your friend request yet, but we've been talking all day? And I was like, well, uh, I didn't notice, but now you're told on yourself. Gave me a bad flashback to some other times where some sisters that tried to hook me up with some female friends of theirs, like, you know, out of out of state or whatever. You know, they think I'm a good catch. They think she's a good catch. But then we try to link up and nothing, and nothing happens. Like I get ignored. I get I, I get responses, but they're like days and weeks late. I'm just like, OK, this is the same shit again. I'm not really into it. So doesn't go anywhere for a while. We eventually follow each other on Twitter, and we're interacting a little bit, but we got to be careful because our mutual friend follows us both on Twitter. So you know what happens if... So she's seeing every interaction we have, Mm -hmm. so she's like... So I can't send her a message... I can't send her anything on Twitter without her being like, ooh, uh, y'all dating yet? Y'all married yet? Y'all got kids yet? Back up. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Yeah. (laughs) Let us cook. Shit. So (laughs) eventually the spirit was just moving one day, I guess I don't, I can't really explain it, but one day I had the thought to invite her out to Bible talk. So I sent her this in a direct message because I don't want our mutual friend to see it. Cause she going to blow up our spot and ruin everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking her because of anything romantic. I was, I really don't know why I asked her again. Maybe it was the spirit moving, you know, 10 years and two kids later, you know, I guess the was saying, Hey, this is it. Anyway, she says yes. And she's she says yes because her current church at the time was very white. And when I say very white, I mean in several ways. Not just Caucasian, but because everybody's hair was white. Whoa. Meaning anytime we went to visit, anytime we, we and her went back to visit, we were two of maybe like less than 10 people who were younger than 50. Oh, wow. And... And we were always two of maybe like five or six people who were brown. Okay. And in hindsight, a very we haven't been back since because we started to realize, okay, this is uber conservative. This is giving MAGA vibes, giving uh, Trump vibes, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, we ain't we ain't going back here. Um, but she said yes to coming out the Bible talk because she was very she was like, okay, I need some of that some young vibes i need some diverse vibes so she came out so technically i slid in her dms that wasn't my (laughs) purpose but you know it worked so (laughs) i tell i tell the other brothers in my bible talk i'm like hey y'all um there's this i got this visitor coming out and just full full transparency trying to be above reproach there's a friend of mine who was trying to hook me up with her so Uh she gets there and now mind you like again i've seen her picture online and I'm like, all right, she's kind of cute. Oh, side note, during our some of our conversations on online, she had noticed that I had a Transformers collection, right? hmm So just, just hold on to that for a second. So I see her, and now visually, in person, I'm like, oh, okay. Not just looks, but also this woman is wearing an Optimus Prime t-shirt. Oh, geez. And I'm like... Cause again, I know that she knows I like Transformers. She's <laughs> come to she come to the first our first meeting at Bible Talk wearing a transform wearing an Optimus Prime t-shirt. And not she, Michael.
0: She knew what she was doing.
1: That's what I said. Now, if, if 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 you get her on here, she'll her side of the story is that she had just left the gym, was running late, and was just grabbing something out of the drawer, happened to be the Transformer shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she paused and was like, you gonna think I like him. I ain't got time. I got let me just put this on. So that's her side of the story. Yeah. You do what uh-huh. you do with that what you will. Um, uh, but you 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 were you were thinking the same thing. I was thinking, I'm like, Yeah, are you are you trying to tell me something? Like I didn't say that out loud, but I'm so I'm thinking those are the gears turning in my head. Yeah. I keep it together out on the outside. On the inside, I'm like, I'm losing my mind on the inside, but I'm trying to keep it, I'm keeping it together on the outside because I can't let her know that she done got me and I can't let my brothers know that I'm a little sprung in the moment. I'm like, I, I this. I cannot show this on the outside. Yeah. Um, so we actually hit it off pretty well. It got to the point where every Bible talk, we're talking We're the, we're the last one still there. We're talking to each other by our cars in the parking lot for like a good hour, hour and a half, like things escalated pretty quickly. And looking at her, like hearing her story, hearing her conversion and everything. I was like this woman is biblically saved. There is not uh-huh. a hole in her game. Like I'm think I'm going through in my head the Bible studies and there is not a hole to be had. There is not a flaw there. I'm like she is biblically saved. Like I I can't dispute it. I still try to go the safe route and have her study the Bible. And they the sisters kind of came to the same conclusion except for the fact that she refused, she refuses to tell someone that because they're not baptized, they're not saved. Yeah. Cause you know, that's how, that's how we rolled back then. Mm-hmm. Like, excuse me. That's how we rolled. It was like, if you, if you're not baptized, if you weren't baptized by a disciple in the ICOC, you were not saved period.
3: Yep. 100%.
2: And her reasoning,
1: her reasoning for not wanting to be that hard line about it was because she had just come out of her own legalistic environment. She used to be um, apostolic. Mm hmm. Uh, quick uh, quick and dirty thing on that that's relevant to the story is they basically believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. So if you don't speak yeah. in tongues, you're not saved. So I bet you to this day there are people who went to her old church who would probably consider me to be a non-Christian. Because I'm didn't not speaking right. tongues. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because she was so tired of that environment where it was like, dang, we're going to disregard other people's complete God experience simply because they don't simply because they don't speak in tongues. I have no interest in playing gatekeeper to heaven for any, with anybody anymore. So that's why she was like, not, yeah, I think you should get baptized, but I'm not going to tell somebody that because they're not baptized and they're not saved.
0: So was that hard for other people? Um, Like for her to not be that way. It's just, so like, just for real quick, like, so you have this girl that you like and mm. The, the guys in the bible talking to people was it weird that like there was a girl that you liked coming did they like run defense because well
1: they didn't like at the at the beginning of her studies like mm-hmm. i don't think we i think we both were starting to realize we liked each other but it wasn't like official yet
0: well i just remember like, like there was so much pressure like <clears throat> Even though this was after the letter, I just was wondering if it was like because you're interested in this girl or something. Were they like trying to keep her away from you so that like she might become and like it did like it didn't muddy the water? Yeah, no, you no, know we Used to be.
1: Yeah, they didn't. They didn't make it hard for us. Like, I, shoot, I even remember. Um, so we had our A and E conference um, mm-hmm. a couple months after that, and uh, I remember it around it was around that time that I really was like, okay. I have to be honest with myself. I like her. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sprung. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody else. And I was confessing to uh, my Bible talk leader. And he was like, "Bro, we've been through that." <laughs> like the, <laughs> um. So, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Like it was at that conference that we both kind of like confessed to each other. Like, hey, we trying to get serious about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm still so for a while we're in we're stuck in this limbo because we both aren't seeing anybody else. I ain't been on an encouragement date in months. I'm seeing nobody but her. Like nobody knows I'm seeing her. Like we're not like, I like, because I think at this point you're not getting in trouble if you don't go out on a date every Saturday. Every Saturday. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're seeing each other, but we're not. We haven't made it official like we're a couple yet. Because and she even said like, "Hey, I know you got this thing because I know how I C O C works." I know you're going to have this particular hang up as far as like dating somebody outside the church, but you know, take, take as much time. She didn't say take as much time as you need, but she was like, I know you're going to have to work through this, Mm -hmm. but we were in this weird limbo for a while. And I kind of got the advice that, Hey, you need to back off. Let the sisters do their thing and, you know, let it happen that way. If
0: I let the sisters do their thing, like get her a part of the church. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and even the sisters were like, Yeah, she's biblically saved, but you know, there's this one little hang up. They even brought in this other sister who wasn't a part of her studies. And this sister mm-hmm. was known to be like a strong personality. Yeah. So it was almost like they it's almost like it was a breaking session. Like they brought her in to try to like like as a big gun or whatever, which she didn't take very kindly <laughs> to. She was like, <laughs> What the heck is this?
0: They brought in the big guns? Right. Um
1: <laughs> so I remember having a chat with her. Uh, this was a Friday night. We had actually just gone to um, the, the club that I was teaching at at the time. And we had, um, we had, we had danced and we left. And I remember sitting in her car and telling her, Hey, you know, I think we need to take a break. That that was just the, the summary of that. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, so you're telling me you just want to be friends. And that's when it hit me. My heart sank. Because, That wasn't what I was intending to say to her. Yeah. But everything about what I said said that. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much said it exactly like this. I was like, yes. And it pained me so bad to say that because on the inside, I'm like, motherfucker, what are you doing? Yeah. You finally got somebody who likes you. Somebody you like who likes you back. Yeah. And you just told her you just want to be friends. What the fuck is wrong with you?
0: All because she wasn't a part of the church. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that next day, so my brother at the time, he was still in college. He was in, he was at uh, Valdosta State. I had already arranged to drive down to Valdosta that Saturday. Mm-hmm. We were going to drive the next day on Sunday down to Tampa because the Falcons were playing the um, the Buccaneers that day. They are going to drive down there, drive back to uh, Valdosta Sunday, and then I would drive back home Monday like in time to get home, chill for a little bit, go to Bible talk. That weekend was the closest at that time that I'd ever felt to emotional pain because, you know, I'm used to like texting her all throughout the day. She doesn't wait for me to text her in the morning. you know, you got some, some women who are like, if you don't text me first, we ain't talking all day, <laughs> that kind of shit. Like yeah. she would like, I will wake up to text from her like annoyingly bubbly text from her. So I'm used to this interaction throughout her all the day from her throughout the day. And the only text I get from her that whole weekend is a okay reply to me telling her that I made it to Valdosta safely. So she was legit showing me what it looked like to just be friends with her. And you didn't like it one bit. No. because the <laughs> thing, And the weird thing is that's how I treat friends. Like I'm very out of sight, out of mind. I'm very see you when I see you. Yeah, but I'm also that. But I'm also that friend who, if like say if if you and I don't talk for another three months, I'm cool, and we're gonna pick up right where we left off at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I roll with that. So if it was anybody else except for somebody that I was romantically interested in, that would have been totally fine. But I was like, oh shit, this is like the whole that whole trip. Anytime I wasn't actively talking to somebody else, like say my brother or, or some other friends who went with me. I was stuck thinking about her, and I just knew I was like, "When I get back, I got to fix this." And she had wrote me this long dissertation of an email about how she felt about what happened. I read it once, and I was like, "Nah, I'm I'm done." Funny story, um, real quick, we had a she had gave me for Christmas, uh, a couple um months later, like this little gift box to put little memories and stuff in. Mm-hmm. and she was like you know I think you should print out that email I sent you and put in that memory box I'm like hell no Nah. I ain't read that I've read that email once I ain't never looked at that email again so it was, it
0: was it was a rough email
1: yeah yeah so got the bible talk um uh-huh. and we're having it at our bible talk leader's house and there was a guy we had been studying the bible with there um and I see her I see them in the kitchen and he's like chatting her up now I can tell like I know she don't like him, and she she didn't mm-hmm. look receptive. But at the same time, it was like, damn, I re, I mean I did tell her I just want to be friends. So I really don't have any grounds for like blowing up this conversation. And in hindsight, she told me later on, she's like, yeah, I don't really have any interest in him, but I'm gonna let but because we're just friends, I'm gonna let him talk. I'm gonna let him chat me, you know. <laughs> so we we talking we talking her car again after Bible talk, and I was like, look, first of all, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that um but also i know that we can't go back to neutral we can't go back to this limo that we were in like Mm -hmm. we're either just gonna seriously just be friends or we got to move forward because i'm like after like after apologizing that there is no going back to this we're not together but we together kind of thing so i would i I wanted to do it a little bit more special than this, but I definitely didn't want to do the whole ICOC. Will you be my girlfriend? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that looks like a proposal. But yeah. I basically was like, hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? And she said, yes. So a week goes by and we end up having house church in my apartment, actually. Because we were in a the house, the house church phase at that point. I don't know yeah. why.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So I was like, you know what? I'm not being clandestine about this. I'm not sneaking around about this you know, she deserves better than that. I deserve better than that. So I told my Bible talk leader. I'm like, Hey, this is what happened. No, he didn't blow up. You know, he was kind of, he was pretty calm about it, but he was like, you know, we gotta, we do have to have a chat with, you know, our minute, our ministry leader, our singles leader. So this is like the week leading up to Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So we go to the leader's house and you actually know who this person is. I'll tell you, I'll I'll drop a name for you afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just say he was in he was in a certain ministry and up in a, a certain campus ministry in the northwest that you, I think, were a part of. I think. Anyway. He I mean, he's not a really loud rah-rah kind of person, but he does his version of laying into me. Accuses me of having weak convictions. Tell me I just want to do what I want to do. Tells me that. um That I'm undermining what the sisters are doing with their. Uh, Was studying the Bible with her. Yeah. And what I'm about to say next is verbatim what he said. Mm -hmm. You can do what you want, but you can't do it here. Damn. So now I had, I told him what I told him to his face was, all right, you know, I'm gonna go home and pray about this. I don't want to make a snap decision. But in reality, I had played this, I had played this scenario out of my head a gajillion times already. Mm Mm-hmm. I already knew what what I was going to do if it came to that. Mm-hmm. So that was my last time uh, being a part of the uh, ICOC. Like I was, I was gone. Um, you didn't go thing, back? You huh? no. I mean, I've, I've, I've visited a couple of places since then. One place mm-hmm. I visited by accident because she got reached out to um, <laughs> by somebody. And I pull up, as we're pulling up, I'm like, damn it, I've been here before. <laughs> Not only have we had like, Friday Devo's there, but I had also taught a um, I had also taught a salsa class in the gym, mm-hmm. uh, for them before. So like we accidentally ended up being at a <laughs> C.O.C. service. Um, I mean, yeah. I've been I've been to a couple of friends' weddings and I've been to some parties. You know, hung out with some people that I'm still close with. But as far as an actual church service, that was the only one. So um, essentially,
0: now, you got kicked out.
1: Not quite, uh, because no. So what I was about to say next. Um, I did message him. I said, Hey, if I leave, is this me being disfellowshipped? Cause that's what I was saying. I was saying the same mm-hmm. thing. I was like, I'm getting kicked out. But he said, no, he said, this is, this doesn't count as a disfellowshipping because you're choosing to leave. <laughs> and so that was important to I me. Mean, I still would have made the same decision, <laughs> but it made it easier yeah. because I'm like, if I leave, if I'm, if I'm being disfellowshipped, I'm cutting, I'm cutting myself off from, from like everybody who's not my blood family. Yeah. So, and cause then I had a, you know, I had roommates, you know, both of them were still there, um, but both of them were pretty cool about it. So, and I mean, my name was on the lease anyway, and I had a master bedroom. So what are they going to do? But still, it's true. it yeah. was still pretty cool about it. You know, there was one of them told me that some people had asked him if they were, if he was going to move out, but nobody was like pressuring him to try to move out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that made the decision a whole lot easier, knowing that people weren't going to be forced to cut ties with me because I, I i i i I've not been down this road, but I've seen this road be gone down before I knew how we were supposed to treat people who had left so so I was like, okay, cool. I'm not cut off from my family, so i'm I'm cool so i we so this was like a couple of days before Thanksgiving by by the end of that year, early next year, we're ring shopping already.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So I proposed on, it's, it's funny, the The day that I sent her that friend request on Facebook and started chatting was March 1st of 2013. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan it this way. It just kind of happened. I ended up proposing to her on March, 4, March 1st of 2014. Good for you. And got married that September. So the 20th of September this year will be 10 years. Wow. So 10 years married, 11 years together, 11 years out of the ICOC. And was it,
0: was it like, I don't know. I mean, you kind of said, I just am like, was it hard? Did it hurt? Like, cause you, you know, you have this whole sense of like, I mean, yes, you're getting the love of your life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's like to some people it they could look at it as like it's at the cost of everything. Cuz I remember, you know, people would say things like I mean, you know, I you can choose her or God or stuff like right, that. Right. I mean, that kind yeah. of stuff is hard to it is. It to is. just let go of, you know. Yeah.
1: And I think at that point I was tired of trying to like mm-hmm. I was tired of trying to hide it. I was tired of Trying to hope that it works out this other way. I was tired of the rigmarole. I was tired of all the bullshit. Like, I was just like, you know just what? I just want to be, be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was actually more mad about it than I was. Like, she was enraged. She was uh-huh. like, "How you know, you've been at this church for X amount of time. You, you, you've served in this church for X amount of time. This How could they do this to you? Can you go talk to somebody? Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, no, I just want to be done. I just want to put it behind me and be done. Cause I had no way of knowing if that was my singles ministry leaders own volition like just doing what he felt was right or if that came down from up top
0: yeah you don't know you know and you could speculate but
1: right and i was i was just unwilling to go through any more rigmarole with it i was just like i'm done peace bye
0: now is there like now where did you like where have you land landed with like in terms of like god or church i mean are you a part of anything is it something that you strive for that type of community or
1: yeah still very much uh still very much a believer um Mm -hmm. as you can tell my my filter has gone um part part of that was part of that was parenthood (laughs) because uh (laughs) i don't you know never have never cursed around the kids but i'm like (laughs) you know the fact that I don't you know for 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 those of y'all who have who have kids and have dealt with you know the the infant phase and the toddler phase putting kids to sleep is what <laughs> messed me up. <laughs>
0: I've, I've cussed before.
1: It was always <laughs> it, nine times out of nine and a half, it's because somebody wouldn't go to sleep or wouldn't stay asleep. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you I say I say it like this putting a putting an infant to sleep. Is like playing the old Nintendo game. You got no, you got no extra lives, you got no saves, you got no continues. You mess <laughs> up. You starting all the way back to fuck over. <laughs> Putting them down after you get them to sleep is like handling nitroglycerin. You yeah. make one false move. That's and true. And you gotta make sure you got a safe escape out. Cause ain't nothing like doing all that work, getting them to sleep, getting them down safely and you step on like a rubber ducky on the way out, or you stub your toe yep. on the way you out. Make
0: the, you, you hit the doorknob. I've hit the doorknob, and it's woken my kid up. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's the worst. And then, uh, so my wife goes to bed a lot earlier than I do. Like, we have designated nights where I'll come to bed at the same time. But, you know, due to all the time that the ICOC stole from me and also working at FedEx for so long and working overnight, I got what's called, there's actually a term for this, revenge bedtime procrastination. Yeah. I could so, see yeah, because of that, I don't go to bed before one <laughs> or twelve thirty. So, I'm I'm still up, you know, getting my free time in. The kids asleep, my wife asleep, and this is gonna sound comical, but it's happened to me too many times for it to not be science. Some when you somewhere between when you form the thought that you want to go to sleep, and you getting in the bed and closing your eyes, somewhere in that time frame, a disturbance in the force is created. <laughs> and it makes your youngest per it makes whoever is the whoever is the hardest to put back to sleep. It makes them wake up. It's <laughs> happened way too many times for it to not be that. So They're like doing it on purpose. So so I I were here like <laughs> damn. So between that and early on in 2020, I saw a um I saw a meme. No, well, it was like a post tweet or whatever that said yeah. You know, it blew my mind to find out that using the Lord's ma- name in vain doesn't actually mean not cursing, but it actually means not using, not doing fucked up things in God's name. <laughs> Once I heard that, uh-huh. I stopped caring. Like seriously, I was yeah. just like, you know what? I'm gonna control this around the people I need to control it around. Other than that, I'm 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 good. Like you gonna you gonna yeah. get a few bombs here and there. But yeah, so, very, other, so other than the potty mouth, you're still a believer. Yeah, still a believer. I'm very, but I'm I'm still I'm very much in a deconstructing slash decolonizing yeah. mode. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I, so backtracking a little bit, so I did I visited one church when I first left, but I, I bring this up because I heard one of your other guests bring uh mention this. Um, um, it was a church that's affiliated with Andy Stanley's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, North Point Community Church. Right. So yeah. this particular church was called Watermark, way up in Mer- like North Marietta somewhere. Yeah. And so I go because uh, uh, one of my wife's friends had invited me. So I go there and it felt kind of mega churchy. Like it almost, it felt like, excuse me, it felt like it gave me uh, Congo service vibes. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah. whole mass of people and And this, I guess, this is one of the good things that ICOC kind of ingrained in me. I got in, and other than the greeters, nobody says anything to me. Other than my friend who invited me and the greeters, Mm -hmm. I don't get talked to by anybody. Nobody pulls me aside and says, "Hey, how you doing? Where you from? What's your life like?" You know, I also didn't get those standard questions. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? What are you studying? Where do you go to school at? You want to study the Bible? Yeah, you don't. Wasn't that that our script though? wasn't mm-hmm. that our, whole, our our whole script <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah like nobody so i'm i'm used to like i'm i'm programmed to if i got visitors at my church if i see somebody i don't recognize somebody got like hey anybody anybody taught this person okay let me go talk to this person got none of that while i was there and it was also this like super over I, I don't know if this just happened to be the deal the day i was there but this super overproduced production on stage like it was for Four singers on stage, two guys, two girls. I guess for every part, you know how we used to do with the, with the 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 song group or whatever. Band in the back, but there's like fog machines, there's lights, there's lasers. It's dim dim lighting, and they're you know rocking out for Jesus. You know, doing some. Oh, I've been like, to
0: plenty of churches like that. Yeah, man. Some some
1: on some mm-hmm. awesome young millennial shit. Like you could very much tell that they were dressed and styled to to cater to the younger crowd. So again, I'm wondering if I'm like okay, maybe this was just a special, you know thing for that day and I just happened to come on the wrong day but I was like I don't need all of this I'm like yeah I'm I, you know coming from GACC I appreciate good worship music but I'm just like this was this was a bit much y'all y'all doing too much and then th- this is the reason I bring up Andy Stanley instead of someone actually being on stage preaching they bring out a big monitor mm-hmm. and it's him preaching from a different location but I'm like yeah. I could have stayed at home for this because I good. drove from Sandy Springs just north of 285, yeah, down 285, up 75, up 575 for this, and I'm looking at somebody on a monitor.
0: Yeah, and I know that it's funny because (laughs) I mentioned that church, the Andy Stanley Church, by accident, Mm -hmm. because that wasn't the church that I was supposed to say. And now the church is in. It was a part of. It was a bunch of rot. There, a bunch of people that were in Roswell. Like my dad ended up being a part of this church, and I can't think of the name right now, and it's gonna, it's gonna bother me. But (laughs) you remember when we're done? I I know I'll remember it when we're done. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a jerk again. But anyway, so but you went to the other. You went to that mega church and just saw all that mess. Yeah, it was. It's tough. And it yeah. also
1: just felt like it was just like the people who were there, it really just felt like, oh, this is just the thing we do on Sunday. Like, like mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like community. It felt like people leaving a feel it felt like people leaving a football game when everything was yeah. over. And so, we didn't
0: you felt like you were a part of something for a long time when you were in the church, when our right. in our church. Mm-hmm. Like you felt like even though there were like five, six thousand people, like yeah. you you were kind of a part of something. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it didn't feel like really much of anything in yeah. that at that place so i did find eventually find another church and we stayed there until the end of 2020 now it was a fairly young church our elders were like in their late 40s and early 50s like so like for the for the elders to be that young that shows how young everybody else was mm-hmm. very mixed like the, the, it was the closest to multicultural the, that I've ever had. I'm not going to say it was fully multicultural, but it was, it was, it was close. And I always kind of bragged about our church there because I always felt like every time something big and racial came up in the, in the, in the country, mm-hmm. nobody, you know, we didn't run from it. We hit, we took it head on. Like there would even be like, like, I don't want to say town hall meeting, but that's the closest thing I could think of like before church a couple of times where everybody got to like get on the mic and say their piece about it and like air out everything. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I feel comfortable here. I feel safe here as a minority, right? Come to find out. Like I, I think it's just a I think it's just a non denominational church. Find out later it's part of the SBC. Southern Baptist mm-hmm. Convention. Yeah. Right and i don't really know what that means at the time um but i find out later like i actually found out in the last couple of weeks um no i know nobody who's listening is going to see this but the fact that you have this mic i just started doing um i just started doing vo- uh, voiceover work hopefully i can quit it and do this full time one day um but i'm in the process of doing a audiobook for a guy who's a um a preacher in miami mm-hmm. and as i'm reading this book he explains that The SBC is the only, um, so there's a whole bunch of churches that tried to use the Bible to justify them, them owning slaves. Yeah. Way Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. And the SBC is the only church that kept its name after that. All the other churches either changed names or just, or just disbanded altogether. So I'm like, damn, I was a part of that. Jeez. You wouldn't yeah. have known from being in that particular church, but that particular church was a now mind you, it's you know we got you know a, a diverse leadership group led by a black guy married to a white woman, but you know, um, and I only I only take that jab because of the fact that like oh going into what going into the, the end of that story, the SBC at the end of twenty twenty, you you know those means where it says nobody colon blank and then something really audacious under there like something like nobody asked you to say this but you said this at the end of 2020 after all the racial shit that happened after all the riots after all the the marches after all the protests sbc they they decide we're going to ban critical race theory in our church and we're going to we're going to um, forbid any talk of intersectionality jeez i was like after all that just happened and y'all taking this stance? Yeah, okay, yeah, we're gone. And so the guy, the guy who was um, the head of the church that we're in, again, black guy. And up until this point, I never got any any inkling of him not being progressive, of him not being, you know, in favor of justice. And when he finds out that we're leaving, he sends, me, he sends, sends us an email saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of disappointed in your decision. Do you, do you have time for us to sit and sit down and talk? And I wrote him back and I said, you know, we, we can definitely sit down and talk, but only if it's, you know, for you to, for us to sit down and actually have a, just a regular conversation. If you want to see how we're doing, blah, 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 you know, crazy things have been happening in 2020. You know, we, we've been not going to church for a whole, for a whole year, all this kind of stuff. But I'm like, but if you're, if this talk is for you to convince us to stay, then we're not really interested. Haven't heard from him since. Mm. So that let me know that, that, that all he, like, we were just some butts in the seat for them. That's thanks. So, so after that, um, we're pretty much on a, like I said, just a deconstructing slash decolonizing journey. I say decolonizing just because, like, I starting to realize that so much of what we've been taught with Christianity here in America has been through the lens of, you know, through a Western lens, through a colonizer lens, through, you know, I don't, I don't say that, I don't say that loosely, like, um, like a, what's the name? I don't say that insultingly, like, um, uh, like Sherry, like Sherry did in Black Panther, but like just <laughs> on, like on a factual sense, like, um, say like so much of that has been shown through that lens, and it's like that stuff wasn't written to us. So how, you know, the fact that it's been shown through that lens, some of this stuff isn't meaning what we've of all thought we meant. Um like for instance, a couple of years ago I read this book called God and the Gay Christian, right? Now I had already started kind of turning the corner as far as like because you know, ICLC we had no no space to think anything different about anyone being uh anyone being homosexual, anybody being uh transgender anybody being non-binary mm-hmm. i would have scoffed at that stuff back then i would have scoffed anytime i saw a rainbow on somebody's church now i'm like all right cool you're heading in the right direction you mm-hmm. or, or at least what i believe is the right direction anyway yeah um so i'm reading that book because i'm like okay i'm already believing that it's not wrong for people to be this way but i'm like how do i how can i say something about this biblically so I'm looking at this book, and it's talking about just how so many things that we think say one thing in the Bible, and they really don't. Like, just for if instance. We
0: could, we could have 700 podcasts about yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah.
1: crazy. It is. It is. Like, when we were talking about the whole spilling seed thing. That same scripture has been used not only to say that masturbation is wrong. It's been used to say that any sex... Married or not, that doesn't lead to yeah. procreation, or isn't done with the purpose of procreation, is wrong. It's been used to say, yeah, it, it's there's, been used against so abortion. Many it's been words, against, yeah,
0: that that get mistranslated or get get used to be weaponized or to push an agenda. And you know, if you're still looking into like that sort of like the LGBTQ, like avenue there's a book called love is an orientation and i got Mm. to hear the author of Mm. that speak and he he used to run a he used to be the pastor of church in chicago and it's sort of his journey when like him coming to terms with a lot of stuff when like i think it was like three of his friends came out to him in a year Mm -hmm. and he was a pastor and so him just kind of like figuring out like trying to understand where the words came from and how they were put in the bible and things like that so that's a book that can help with that um
1: but uh, I mean, it's a lot, man. It's hard. It is. It is, man. Yeah. But I'm, I was like, just similar to how my wife was feeling about like not being a gatekeeper to to, to heaven anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I was never a loud and proud homophobe, but I, I would say I was a, a, a closeted one. But I'm like, I feel like I've been that for so long that I'm like, I'm trying to hit, I'm trying to do a, you know, repent, as they say, 180. You know, I'm trying, I'm like, I don't need to do nothing but love y'all. You know, and yeah. you know, whatever, whatever that means best for them, you know.
0: And I, for me, I'm essentially the same way with all sorts of stuff. Like, who am I to say that someone like, I don't even, you know, what is heaven? What is hell? What is any of this? Like, right. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to make a stance on people's beliefs. And, and I don't look at how people are choosing to live their lives is is, is wrong, essentially. I don't, I don't, I, I, I've just, I never felt, I never felt that in the church. You just couldn't say things like that in the church. Yeah.
1: Couldn't say things like that. Couldn't question anything. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that people love who they want to love and and it's not, it's not my point. How can you say something like that is wrong? How can you say, right? and 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 people are, people are struggling with a lot of things that we can't just rush. And I don't even need to struggle because i think that's the wrong word for this they're just trying to to make sense of themselves
1: right and, and they need a space to to make sense yeah. of themselves you know so yeah, so yeah. Very, you know we were we were talking before we started recording about you know how i got into the cosplay and everything mm-hmm. one thing that i used to feel early on and and, and this was shortly after i left icoc Mm -hmm. you know i was still a little bit on the conservative side when it came to you know a lot of things with morality or whatever and back then because i was like dang there's so many skeptics in this circle there's so many skeptics after that um agnostics atheists satanists and all this other kind of stuff and i was like there would be times where i'd feel uncomfortable excuse me being a christian in that in in that um in that scene and every time i would find another christian i'm like oh cool i found another christian somebody who's you know i feel you know it's, it's crazy how we christians feel like we're getting persecuted <laughs> we feel like <laughs> yeah. we're the ones getting ostracized in, in places like that and it's like so christian privileged and shit it's just yeah, it's yeah but being in that being in that realm being in that scene has caused me like to just do a, com- a complete, complete flip i'm like that has shown me the humanity of all people who are weren't like me in that in that area like yeah i I can see a pentagram and not shudder anymore i can see someone with the upside down cross on their clothes and not be like uh like i mean i wouldn't show that on outside but on the inside i'd be like "Mm, i want to be friends with them yeah now i gravitate toward those people and again not not as like a turning back to turning my back towards god but more like look jesus would have hung out with folks like this people would have jesus would have made friends with them jesus would have partied with them I'll show you I'll see you this video later. I I did a, for the second year in a row, I've done like a a video of like my adventures at whatever con or whatever, like I make a cosplay music video out of it. Um, the one I did for dragon con 2020, so no 2022, the last song that I have on that video, there's a guy who cosplayed as Jesus and he has a sign and it says, I never said that. (laughs) And so there's a song, um, I forget the name of the the artist, but it was on the uh, Suicide Squad soundtrack, and the song is called "Heathens." Mm-hmm. All my friends are heathens. Take it slow. Oh so I'm, yeah. I'm having, so I'm having that song play, like it's at the beginning of the song, and he's what I have there. I'm like this. I'm like this is such a good juxtaposition. I love it. So I'm like he's walking towards me, me with me in the camera, and it says Jesus is saying, "I never said that." That's great. But yeah. So just that's just kind of really helped me turn the corner as far as like being accepting, being, Mm -hmm. being, being loving. Like, you know what? I'm not condemning nobody like this is. Yeah. I'm just here. That's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's Northview church.
0: That's the one I meant to say. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. There you go. go. That's the church. They were, that's where my parents landed when the letter came out and a lot of those people were kind of like, trying to get away from the legalism and a lot of that yes. stuff. And uh, that's where I spent the last, the last two years of before I finally sort of left the church. Um, gotcha. But so like last, last words, it's the big question. We, <laughs> we were in a cult. What do you think? I mean, yeah. and there doesn't have to be an answer. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what do you I think, think?
1: I what think we thinking? were. And I don't, yeah. I don't say that, I don't say that lightly or whimsically mm-hmm. for a while. I kind of wrestled with against saying it for a couple of reasons. Like who mm-hmm. wants to admit they were in a cult? It's true. That's not something you walk up to a random person and admit, Hey, yeah. I was in a cult for 13 years. Yeah. Cause like, again, a lot of people don't realize that it doesn't have to be on the extreme end to be a cult. Yeah. Like I look at, um, have you ever heard of the bite model?
0: No. So no.
1: look it up when you get a chance, but just uh, what I can tell you of it is, it stands for behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. Mm-hmm. If if an organization has like more than one of those, there's a good chance it's cult-ish, if not a straight-up cult. Yeah, tell me, tell me we didn't have all four of those <laughs> <laughs> on some level in certain right. times, of course. So that yeah. so it's like you know, on one so one hand, it's embarrassing. Two you know, there's a stigma that comes with having been in the cult. Like, damn, was you that gullible? Was you that dumb to have been to have fallen for that? But the thing yeah. is, um, there's another podcast called What the Flock and the Flock is spelled F L O K. Um, one of the, the it's a guy and a girl on there. The the woman, she's actually um kind of in the middle of all of those lawsuits that the Roman Stone uh, mm-hmm. reported. Anyway, she um one thing that she mentions is that nobody get nobody joins a cult. You get recruited into one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's and the whole sharp thing. You know, we were always going after sharp people. We were told to go after sharp people. You know, you were reprimanded if you didn't if your visitors were always not sharp. Mm-hmm. That goes to show that this isn't just something that dumb, gullible, weak minded people get caught caught up in. Mm-hmm. sharp quote-unquote sharp people people who were intelligent people who had charisma people who had money people who are well um well decorated well educated get caught up in this yeah mm-hmm. and it's because you know they play on your desire to make a difference they play on your desire to and i think you mentioned this before in another episode like the studies were designed the way they were designed for a reason yeah mm-hmm. they 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 know for a fact if you mention we're the only church in the very beginning you're gonna turn tail and run so like mm-hmm. that stuff um so yeah is so one you, you get i got rid of that stigma i was like okay i don't need to be embarrassed by this anymore i also got over the the thought of dang if i admit i was in a cult dang i gotta like admit that i played a part in this shit too Like I tried to indoctrinate people. I put on the, you know, we, and I take responsibility for it. But at the same time, I also admit it was done to me. Like I was trained to do that, to do this to other people. The people who did it to me were trained to do it to other people. Yeah. I listened to another podcast recently and the guests were my campus leaders. When I got baptized, they mentioned the 21, they, they mentioned the record of 21 people and they mentioned how they got discipled for going home and sleeping when everybody else was celebrating about it. Cause they was damn tired of like physically tired, <laughs> but you know, they, they admitted all the craziness that was going on and why. And so, so I'm, I'm hearing it and I'm not like, Oh, my old campus leaders, F them. No, I'm like, Oh snap, I got to listen to this. Okay, cool. I'm like, I re, I friended them on Facebook. I'm like, I got to reconnect with these people. Like I had no animosity to them bec- because again, what was done to me was done to them. You yeah. Know, so, like, mm-hmm. so, so I have, I have all the grace in the world to people who were caught up in it, but not to the organization. Yeah. I mean, there were some good things, but at the same time, there's a lot of bad. There was a lot of lies ruined, lies ruined. There's was, there was a lot of hurt. I think the thing that made me turn the corner as far as believing that it was a cult, because the thing that the last thing I was holding on to was if I admit this is, a, if I admit this is a cult, what does that say about my friends who were still there? And that, that's what even helped me back from my, helped me back from making the channel for so long. Like, what are they gonna think? What are the people who are still there who I know are gonna think? That's hard. It's hard. But mm-hmm. it's like the people who care about me, the people who know, they're cool. Like, I don't and plus what's somebody gonna do? Disciple me? Hmm. Right? Who, who who gonna check me? Like right. so but I thought, what what does it say about the people who I know who are still there? I remember listening to another podcast and and the guest was talking about how being in the ICOC was like being in a being in an abusive relationship and that's when it hit me Roy if you're in a if you in um you're, you're married right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so just for just for a hypothetical reason um just for hypotheticals here if all of a sudden your wife became abusive to you if I say you know what Roy is my friend I can't call his relationship abusive because what does that say about him? I know. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, whether or not you're my friend, that doesn't cease to make your relationship abusive. You're Mm -hmm. still you. You're still cool. I still care about you. You're still a good person. But that doesn't make your relationship not abusive. You know what I mean? So that's why I was like, you know what? Yeah. It is a cult. Even though I still got cool people who are there, They're not, they're not toxic. They're not harmful. That doesn't mean that they're not still in an abusive situation. That doesn't mean that they're not still in a cult. So once I realized that I was like, you know what? Yeah, we were in one.
0: It makes a lot of sense. What you're saying. Well, dude, thank you for, for being on here and sharing all this. No Um, problem, man.
1: Glad glad to be here. Yeah.
0: I appreciate you. You know, sharing the story. I think more people should be sharing their stories. Yeah. We realize through the stories that we're not so alone. Um We're not so alone. We're not
1: bitter. And even if we are, we're all out, you know.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, if any of you guys listening were part of the ICOC and like to come share the story, share yours, have a conversation, just reach out to me through Instagram or um, you can email me at the balanced mail at gmail.com. But yeah, Myron it was good to catch up. Good to have you on. You too, man. Glad to be right. here, brother. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys.